0: Okay, we got a great episode for you guys today. I think you guys are thoroughly going to enjoy it. Now, before we get into the episode, we got to talk to you about a couple things. The first thing being our store, bombhole.com. Buds, what do we got going on over there?
1: We got a nice little online bodega for you. Oh, it's a bodega, huh? It's a bodega. We
0: got t-shirts, hoodies, keychains, stickers,
1: bumper stickers. Yeah, the
0: stickers are hitting. You can also find a link to our Patreon which is a huge, huge support to the show. One of the only reasons we're able to do it is because of our Patreon. But if you don't have any money and you still want to support the show, what can you do, bud? You know what? You can subscribe. You can leave us a
1: comment. Hit five stars. It goes so far for us. It actually helps us get sponsors.
0: So do us a favor and uh, hook up those reviews for us. Yeah, don't be afraid to write a review. And uh, with that being said, let's get into the episode. Here we go.
2: You are listening to The Bomb
3: It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. Good I'm going to slide down them big hills. You know what I mean? On the big, nice, burgundy snowboard.
0: Okay, here we go again. We are back in the booth at the Bomb Hole. It's going to be a spicy one today. Uh, the Bomb Hole is presented by Liquid Death and Pub Beer. Now, Stony Buds, how we doing, my dog? So good, my dog. Always love hearing that. <laughs> To my left, we have Mr. Aaron Draplin. Draplin, what's happening?
3: I'm in Utah w- amongst the Wasatch Warriors. I, uh, I'm high on coffee and superstition <laughs> and history, uh, on lore. Always am when I come through the, the great Salt Lake City. Um, thinking about friends, thinking about friends You know, who uh, might not be with, with us here anymore. That's a, there's an, a new attachment when I come through the city now. Um, but I'm here, but before, listen, before we get going, sorry to do this, but, um, there is a bit of a PSA I have to address. Okay. We're getting into a PSA. Well, well, listen, just, can I get a word in here? (laughs) So listen, this is just, there's some housekeeping. Um, there's a, a purple PT cruiser, triple parked to Dingo LLC, I don't, it's out in the parking lot. I, I, dingo, the dingo, the, the you know, mm-hmm. okay. And then beyond that, I just have some beef to bring up with some of your previous guests while I'm here. I'm, well, I've got the mic. Um, James Jackson, I'm still alive, James. I'm still alive. Uh, Mikey LeBlanc, I love every little bit of you, Mikey LeBlanc. I love every little bit of you. Um, Russ Winfield, hello, beautiful. And to Todd Richards, nineteen ninety-five called, and they went through Dingleberry flip back in the old U pipe. Okay, so uh, Todd, if you could look into that, please. Okay, let's get going, guys. Let's oh, get it wow,
1: <laughs>
0: that was amazing. Grappler hit the.
1: Ground I went through. Well, I
3: went through. I went through the grid and made sure that I had all business. You know, all, all yeah. business settled and, and, and scores settled.
0: All right, we're back. We're back to square
3: one. We're settled up. I was I love listening it. to this bullshit till three in the morning last night. Todd Richards and Blanc. Pretty cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, for those of you guys who are unfamiliar, which most of you probably aren't, but Draplin is a designer slash artist. He got his start in snowboarding with companies like Union, uh, Grenade, things like that. He's an absolute juggernaut of the design world. He has his own, he's independent he has his own company, Draplin Design Co. Um, And he's landed huge jobs with Obama, Ford, Nike, the list goes on. Uh, He's an absolute... Uh, Leyunda, which is Spanish for legend. Um, wow! Thank uh, you. Yeah, jug- juggernaut. I'd say I'd say juggernaut of, yes. of the design world, absolute juggernaut. And uh, now he's sitting talking with us. So this is going to be a fun little uh, banter
3: excursion. We'll well, thank call you it. for saying that nice stuff. Yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been wild. You know, to, to be with the shreds, it's pretty cool because it, I don't have a lot of connection to this stuff anymore, right? So to come, you know, I was told by buddies. Bridges, do the bomb hole, you know, and, and now I get to do it. So um, <laughs> I was driving. I'm going to see my mom, right? In Idaho, I saw my buddy Bart had lunch at his restaurant. Here, I'm coming to do this, you know. Uh, if I go through Denver, I'll go see a guy I'm working for, you know. And each stop, you know, I have friends in Omaha, right, and friends in Iowa and friends in Chicago, field nuts in Chicago. So I just wanted to, you know, I know, last second, hey, I'm coming to town, Last time we spoke on the the old text, come and do it, and we'll make a patch and a bunch of other shit. I said, yes, of course, you know, because I I like what you guys are doing, you know. I like that, you know, people can start these things in a weird time where, um, you know, not as many people are reaching out. Sometimes you just got to go make it on your own, you know, and you're doing it. So whatever number I am, it's awesome because, yeah. So thanks. appreciate
0: it. Unfortunately, we just uh, sixty nine came out not too long ago, so that, one, right. that was Today. a sought after one. So, uh, or, yeah, some time we're a little now. little bit past that now. So let's just dive right into um, you know getting your your foot sharpening your teeth. We'll call it yeah. in uh, the design world, and specifically with snowboard snowboard brands. What was the first
3: snowboard brand that you you worked with? Solid snowboards. Solid. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. With Kurt um, Wasell and them. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt and Jeff. Um, and it was a connection from a guy named Matt Hale that I grew up with um, in Traverse City. So, you know, to kind of set the stage for how I would have got that little hole shot, it's simply Matt Hale. But we're that, you know, we we went to, you know, uh, I'm class of 91, he's class of 90. So when we're kids in Traverse City, Michigan, you know, the first wave goes out in 86, 87, 88, you know, with all the Sims boards and all that kind of funny, you know, shit. And they all go to Breckenridge, Colorado. So that's the first wave of kids from the Midwest, and we hear the lore. Now, I'm still 10th grade, 11th, you know, 9th grade and stuff. So we hear these stories as skateboarders, and then, of course, snowers in the winter. So Matt moves west because he's got an opportunity with Wave Rave, and then, you know, somewhere this solid thing comes out of this. And um, by the time it was my turn to go out there at 19, um, I I got out of school at 17 and 91, right? I was going to go to Breckenridge, just go because Tarkin Robbins was ruling the world there. All the ride guys were getting out there from the magazines and all this cool stuff. And I was going to go, but my mom and dad just kind of said, listen, we didn't get to go to any sort of college, you know. And you can go to a you know, community college here, and you're just too young. You're 17. Well, friends were. I stayed back. when It was my turn at 19. We all went to, you know, even in that two years, we had gone out to you know, Summit County a couple times. A lot of friends went there. We kept going, and a buddy had a shot out in uh, in Bend uh, at Mount ba- excuse me, at Mount Bachelor, and that uh, was my buddy Derek Denoyer, and that was enough to get us to Oregon, you know, and sort of change my life, right? So we get to Oregon. And we're snowboarders and scumbags, and we got season passes, and we're riding Bachelor. We're up there in the fuck, you know, the the first snow. Now listen, I know you fucks were raised on champagne and you know champagne powder up here or whatever it is. (laughs) I know we were raised on horse shit. Okay, I mean, somewhat literally. Like we didn't we didn't have this in our backyard like you guys did. So anything was cool out west. Everything was okay and, and exciting. So we went the first day it snowed dangerous as shit took our old boards carved them up with all that cinder cone we just didn't know you know so you learn real quick right that first winter out there um matt puts my name in with solid snowboards and you know they're a bunch of kids too i was 19 neil rankin gave me a shot and i got to do a graphic for jeff Wastel. all the guys who are jumping around this little uh, mystery machine little ford van thing uh those were my roommates climbing on partitions in our uh, apartment to get the right angle. And we'd take a snap and I'd draw it. And I got my first published you know, graphic.
1: I, I remember that clear as day. Oh, really, really. Yeah. I, I mean, had no idea you did Kurt's that. Kurt's got it on his uh, yeah, tattoo. Yeah, he has a tattoo.
3: So then you get to meet the Wastell brothers. Then you get to meet Dave Tuck. And then, my, our you know, one of our heroes from my town, Matt Hale, who's making it. He's a pro. He had a model too. You know, the hardest thing about all this shit is to look back and realize how small it all was. Because it just didn't feel like that to us. When I got my second winter out west, when I got to go through the cage at Snow uh, Solid and, and Fairplay, which was some some Daryl, you know, some some dipshit just grabbed us shit. Mm-hmm. That was my first like hookup. Like I had arrived, I shared it with all the guys we were going you know, moving out west with. Uh, you know, it was really big to us. It really meant a lot. So I remember, you know, in the uh, spring of 1994, we'd already been out West. We had learned to ride pow and uh, we went up to Mount Baker and I saw some AM rep ride or something, something, something on the solid go by. We're in the lift line and he was going around to the, whatever. I'll never forget it. I was so high. I got to make something that was real. Right. Right. You know, I mean, I, I had a couple of years of college, you know, that kind of showed you the introduction to this stuff. But that was like stiff jobs. This was like for a cool new school, jibbing, jabbing, whatever the fuck they call it, jibbing company, cool things, you know. You get to know the Wastells. I mean, to this day, the sweetest group of people who've been through so much shit, you know, you learn all the stuff. You know, someone that, I, you know, um, a friend from high school, you know, with, with Hallie with Jeff, you know, like, they were kind of family to all this stuff, and to go see those guys, be you know, Kurt Rule, he ripped, you know, and then be so down to risk. We got to go travel with them a little bit, you know. I mean, remember, everything was cool to us, you know. We weren't grading anything; we were just we were down for whatever. So, yeah. When but, you're yeah. C- coming from the Midwest,
0: all of a sudden you got your logo on a on a snowboard brand and all that, all those types of things. It's it's got to be just that so damn exciting. When well, you, for the a kid from
3: Massachusetts, it. is it going to Vermont? It's one of the first pinnacles. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So that's where you kind of make it there. Yeah. But then you go so then they they realize yeah. I remember I got a, I got a job offer one time in Vermont and I had to <laughs> tell the guy, I don't know, man. I, it's cool and all, you know. Fun places to eat and it's beautiful, but fucking no way I'm moving back. Because it was already past <laughs> the sort of like it was during what we went. I don't drink a lot. In fact, I don't even drink coffee. But today, just to get into the spirit of this thing, I'm high as shit on this stuff, by the way. (laughs) Here in the Wasatch. But uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) when I got to work for Snowboarder, I got to go to the U.S. Open. You know who went to the fucking U.S. Open? People who trained. Kids who had sponsorships. We heard about it. We saw it in magazines and parties and bullshit. And in 2001, I got to go. And I roomed with Dave Englund. Oh, wow. And I remember telling him, this is jackass time, right? And I told him, if I wake up with your balls on my face, I'm going to bite first, and then we'll, go at, we'll work it out. after. <laughs> if you fucking hit me with something, <laughs> I'll kill you. Whatever I told him, you know, something. Because <laughs> they were, like, making all this fun shit. You know, he's Dave England. I got to go. I got. That's the word. I got to go to the U.S. Open. See it all. See how small it is um, and realize one of my little snowboardy dreams, you know, and this is, this is already seven years after I moved West, you know, I was already over it. I was, I, I had done it when it counted when you're 19 to 24, right. When it was, you know, this thing and to go, I remember the first person that I met in Vermont, the first person I met in Vermont, we, we fly out there on the snowboard, snowboarder magazine dime, I'm with Bridges, maybe, or maybe it was me and Baker and Dave going in a rental car coming out of Boston or something. And we pull into some lot up at Stowe or whatever that was. Is it Stowe where the U.S.? Sorry. We pull in this lot at Stratton. And the first guy we asked for directions to find something called the green room or something yep. or something. Some bar.
1: Yeah, that's the one. Meet bar. all the
3: dudes. Jake Burton. Oh wow. So so <laughs> I'm in the rental driving and we pull up and I look and I look to the fellows and I go. Now, how about that for service or something? I looked, you know, and I say, well, excuse me, which way? <laughs> it was Jake Burton getting done with the day. And, you know, um, I don't drink much. And I was hammered the whole time. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't a lot. I wasn't going to go ride, you know. Mm-hmm. We were there to hike up and down and, you know, do the whistles and see all the, you know, we were covering it and stuff. But I was a graphic designer. I'll be dealing with it in a month, right? You know, I was there just to be with the crew and see it, you know. And it was a uh, – see – those little moments right there. That's why I took the job at Snowboarder. Because I just knew that I would be able to realize a lot of these things that I, I was only privy to hear about, you know, from people in it. How old were you when you were working at Snowboarder? I started at 27. Oh, 27. kind of a little bit of a late bloomer. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, you know, I, like I said, I uh, came out west in 90, 93. I was 19. Yeah. So five winters of hitting it pretty hard at Bachelor. And then um, traveling all over the west. One time at Snowbird with some buddies. Um, um, a couple times at Mount Baker, um, a handful of times at Jackson hole, uh, you know, whatever we could afford, you know, we would get our pass and it wasn't anything past that was hiking. Cause we just didn't have anything. You it know, was
1: five years at bachelor, so you were just yeah. straight shredding. Yeah. You're we riding with, you know, living yeah. the dream. Well, as they say.
3: yeah. And I mean, that's one thing I was thinking about coming in here. It's like, I know you're still doing it, man. Okay. You filmed it and you know, I'm, I'm sure you're, I've never seen you snowboard, you know what I mean? But, for us, just to keep up with some of these characters at Bachelor, that was enough for me. Just to keep up. Just the to Dirksons? Go. Who are we talking? Dirksen, Eggy, Sipnewski. Mm-hmm. But those are the hot shit things. You know, I, I have to mention J.D. Platt because these are names that like, who are the heroes of our town? You know, my little adopted town of, of Bend, Oregon. Well, you, Chris Jameson. And you'd hear these different names because you'd see them in Morrow ads and you'd see them in, you know, local regional ads or whatever. So I get there, and that first winter, we didn't know any of those characters. We were a bunch of hayseeds right off the boat, and then you have to get to know people, right? So I got to know those guys, but it's not like I was running with those guys. The guys I came out there with, you know, Derek and Bry. You know, Derek was a regional rider. My buddy Bry was a bit of a regional rider back in Michigan. These guys had some talent, but the pursuit wasn't the same. You know, when you go out and you case it off a, a big jump and fuck yourself up, the West becomes real, we didn't grow up with that. People got hurt, right? It's big out here. And um, and that sobered some people up real quick. It's one thing back on that dust on crust back home to have a thing and have a representation and go contests and stuff and things. So I quickly understood. Like I mean, like I said, you're still doing it. That is the fucking best. How old are you?
0: I don't like to say it on air very often, (laughs) but 34 years old. Well, enjoy your youth.
3: God damn it. So, okay, 47. So, whatever. You know, it's what that just puts into perspective that five years ago was was when I was starting, you know, at Mm -hmm. least at the magazine. So, for you or or something. So, you know, I was okay with just being around it. Yeah. I wasn't trying to get in with a crew. I wasn't trying to get. I remember one time I went out with Quinn Shields and um, a couple other guys in town and I got a photo. And they put it in Snowboarder magazine. You know, oh, I got published. I got published, man. How hyped were you on that? <laughs> well, shit. of course, of course. But it, it was, um, it was the bros, not pros. Oh, and sweet. And it was talking about me going back to school. And my buddy wrote it from Eric Campbell. My buddy wrote it from I back him. home. You know, um, wrote this thing. And uh, um, you know, my best buddy from high school, a guy to this day, still rides all the time. Still rips. I think he's still got his front side rocked down, skateboarding. Like, you know, he's 48 years old and he's still doing an Eric Campbell. Comes out here, you know, and does all sorts of adventures. Still healthy enough, right? Well, um, yeah, well, fuck. I'm, see, I'm, I'm losing my, my little train of
1: loving your stories. Yeah, we were on a little <laughs> bit. I got a little,
3: I'm not exactly sure what
0: direction we're going with that, but I like it. So just take me back to what was the question again? I'll
1: get it. We, this question, I think, started with your first... Uh, what was your first job in the snowboard industry? Yeah, you so we went to solid, which was, okay, yeah, well, was around 90 right? Well, here's what... Right? Here's,
3: I, I'll cinch it up with this. I saw guys go and become something. Dirksen. Eggy. They had this inherent talent that could just go bigger than everybody. Andrew Crawford, the first time I saw Andrew Crawford ride, was like, he just has some little extra spring in his step. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking crazy animal, too. And an intellectual, right? Yeah a science nerd. You he know? works at
1: NASA now. Fuck yeah, he does. I mean,
3: <laughs> that kid, I remember pulling him out of a fist fight. He was a, he was a fiery little guy, you know. But to see that, it was like sobering to be like, you know what, I don't need to go try to do that. You know, my physical whatever, it was just enough to go r- hit these jumps, ride the berms, learn how to go off a jump and suck your butt up and then, you know, I guess grab Indy and then just fall back and land and ride because that's what Alistair did. This one... Guy that didn't have a big name at, at 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 Ben, but he had the best style, right? He could go the biggest in the pipe.
1: Alistair Schultz.
3: Yes, yeah, you know the biggest I ever saw someone go at Mount Bachelor was probably probably Sipniewski, I think was the biggest I saw. The biggest I ever saw anyone ever go in a pipe. Leo Gregory. Nice. The biggest. Like I don't even know how. Like 16 feet. Just motherfucker. That was up in Mount Hood. He was a bud from Ben, but anyway. Yeah. Okay, Buds, I think it's time
0: for the bomb hole of the week, I believe. It is, Chris. You are right. We're going to be
1: talking about Volcom's patented Tech technology jacket-to-pant interface.
0: Okay, I love that.
1: Chris, what happens when you're out there snowboarding?
0: Uh, well, generally, I'm usually uh, eating shit all over the mountain, uh, generally just getting destroyed. Uh, you know, if it's a powder day, generally tomahawking, pinwheeling, uh, ragdolling, a lot of that type of stuff
1: all of that type of stuff. No matter your skill level, that's what's going to happen. I mean, I used to wear all cotton out there. They called me the cotton kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks to Volcom, I got some better outerwear on me. And they have the tech interface, which allows a zipper in your powder skirt to attach to the waist of your pants, creating a barrier to the elements. And what's that going to do for me, boss?
0: Well, you know what they say, but cotton kills, you know, if, if that cotton gets wet, Underneath, uh, you can get really cold and hypothermia potentially.
1: That's a true story. And this is going to keep you dry all day and keep you out on the slopes longer. What's great about this is it works with the youth, with the adult, and the woman's gear, and it also works with an older jacket to one of their new pants or vice versa. Great so, technology. So
0: hypothetically, you could go five XL pants, uh, youth small jacket. Yeah, would work. Okay, That's, love I, that. I've tried that too. It's an and, interesting fit, and no
1: matter what, it keeps you dry. No matter which system you're zipping together.
0: Okay, perfect. <laughs>
1: Stay dry, stay out longer, want to use hashtag Volcom bomb proof and show us your favorite bail on Instagram, and what are they, what's going to happen?
0: Uh, one of the Volcom riders is going to pick a winner. You're going to get a couple bomb hole goods. You're going to get some Volcom goods. So, hashtag Volcom Bomb proof at the bomb hole at Volcom Snow is what you're going to
1: do to be entered in the bomb hole of the week. Buds, let's talk about Brighton Resort. It's one of my favorite
0: resorts in the world. Actually, my favorite resort. It's a great resort. Uh, If you're looking to do some snowboarding in Utah, go ahead and pick up your Brighton Pass before October 11th because the prices go up after that. Again, before October 11th, pick up your Seasons Pass. Uh, It's one of the best places in the world. They're sponsoring the Bomb Hole Cup. We're actually going to have a Bomb Hole wall ride uh, this year at the resort. And it's a good mountain full of good people. So make sure you support Brighton. Get up there. Get those powder days. Get those park days. Have a good time with your friends.
1: For generations, this mountain has brought us some of the best riders in the world, too. So good place to get up there and uh, cut your teeth, as they say. Brighton, let's do this.
0: Okay, well, I want to keep hammering. We have so much stuff to talk yeah, about. Uh, I'm going to keep hammering on some design stuff mm-hmm. here because for people that aren't familiar, you know, Grenade, Union, Snowboard Mag, Snowboard Mag, yeah. Cobra Dogs, Nike Air Max, drink Water logo, all these logos are are yourself. Uh, but one in particular That I think is like especially embodies Draplin Design Co. Your style is is the Union logo. Oh man, let's talk. Let's talk Union. Oh Mm -hmm. man, let me
3: get a word in here. Union binding, (laughs) everybody. Union binding company. Their 2022 line comes out this (laughs) next. uh, I just miss my brothers George Kleckner and Martino. That's the first thing that comes to mind when I think about. I miss my family. I spent 12 years with those guys. I miss them um, every day. I miss Brad Schaffel every day from Cole. I miss him every day because, you know, this isn't just a job and a retainer and a paycheck and things and stuff. It was invention. It was risk. It was brotherhood. It was opportunity to travel and shit. So I got to do so much with those guys. So, yeah, Union, when that thing happened, you know, Martino knew how to make the binding. Like, I don't even – I still don't even really know the story because you have to understand, when I get back into this stuff at 27 at the magazine, it's kind of with one eye open because I'd already went out west and rode and hit jumps with, the, with some of them, some of the best, you know, and, and that was enough for me. But I was okay going back to Minneapolis in 98 to just say, I'm not going to use the word dude anymore. Like there is a big world off the hill, right? And we just were so, that's all we knew was that community. So when I went back to Minneapolis, I saw everything else. And then when it was going back to the magazine, it was always with an asterisk of like, Guys, there's a whole other world outside of this. So when union comes to me, that's something completely new that we get to go and chart the course. So we took a look at all the bindings. We took a look at all the Burtons. Of course, they were the biggest of the big dogs, right? And you just kind of say like, what are opportunities? And one of the colors was like, you know, like orange because we can just make it ours. So like brand and brand DNA. And forgive me, I don't know how to talk about this stuff, but it's like, how do you go and make this little movable pliable little bundle of company right it's like color a logo that is going to build a stamp and press into leather plastic embroider it put on a guy's sweatshirt on you put on a banner that you you know put up on a thing at a company it has to work at the size of a learjet and then down to your pinky fingernail right that's branding where i learned that was wasn't from burton or some shit I learned it from Delta Airlines. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, <laughs> see, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Mark Sullivan, you know, may the, sh- may the sun shine light on Mark Sullivan's asshole today, whatever that means. Mark Sullivan, my brother, you know, Mark, one time I remember him saying, you know, he's the Terrier Hawkinson <laughs> of something. And I just was like, we have to think bigger, Mark. We need to go a little bit. Maybe it could be the, the Bill Gates of something, you know, whatever that is. And because that's the only world we knew, right? And, and I got this taste back in Minneapolis. So, yeah, shit. Now I'm going off the deep end. Uh, well, to just have the ability to start union that way, to have the ability the opportunity to start Cole the way we did knowing Brad, like I was getting to know him. He wasn't this harsh kind of guy. He was soft and mellow and very like articulate in his style, not to mention his snowboarding too. Like he had a very fluid kind of thing going on. Right. Right. And, and to be able to kind of like, you know, come in under, you know, under his guidance and start this thing those are rare instances. And then be within snowboarding where you're comfortable, you know the language, you know the people, your heart, you know, is it's just you're excited to say, damn. What if a kid doesn't want Burton? Well, we can make an alternative and talk about it a different kind of way. So, I am super super proud of that. And I'm, you know, I miss those guys. It's a very successful thing all these years later. But it didn't get successful the way I saw Forum get successful. It didn't get successful the way I saw, I don't even remember the names. When I immersed myself in this stuff and got to see it all up close in Southern California, you know, D.C. is exploding. Still probably is. But there was so much money and things and stuff and shit. Like I was just way more interested in stepchild. Because that's what I remember as a kid. I was way more interested in Joyride than I was Burton. Burton were like athletes who didn't love all that shit. Every catalog, every caption, we studied all of it. But in when I got out of high school, there were things starting to happen that were like sketchy. So Solid was one of those things. You know, but Joyride was like that was like a skateboard company even, you know? So, you know, to start that thing up, it's like how do you be a business and have logistical sort of like you know, to not fuck it all up. I saw a lot of companies start big and then kinda of go away. You know, to have the crew at C three, Johans and Bob's and stuff behind Marty and Martin, you know, Martino making this thing and then George reaching out to all the right the right riders and then they can put it in my lap and say, Okay, just let's what how do we present this to the world? It's a rare, you know, chance. So I, I'm just so proud of that shit. I miss those guys, you know, and I mean I, I just don't know like When you go into it, Milo, is the union is the union display as big as Burton's? Fuck yeah, it is right. They're crushing. They're crushing. Well, we had to build it. We had to Mm -hmm. make the things. But see, that was all very tentative. And when I say they didn't, if they're really good now, awesome because that means they're they're great. But it it just means that they're they're supporting Martino and his family and George and his family and all the people that come underneath that. Right, right, right. When it was when we started, it was three of us, pretty pretty much, you know. And and then you know, George would reach out to a rider and maybe get Danny Cass. that's a big, big name back in 2004. And we'd have to, you know, make the ads, but it's just us, you know? And then of course you start to see all the people he has, you know, Italy. I got to go to Italy a number of times to work. And that was amazing. I I mean, I'm a kid from Michigan, right? Right. So I miss it. I miss that sort of like um, being so close to the bone. We didn't have any budgets, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it looked that way. Totally.
1: I like what you said about Forum being built one way and Union being built more like a blue-collar brand built on quality. And you had the forethinking to make the logo a a certain way instead of just a hype machine.
3: Well, we were talking about... By the way, it was exciting to be around Forum. Like, all the guys were cool. You never even got to see J.P. Walker up close. He was like an enigma. Yeah, absolutely. You couldn't yeah. see him. He lived yeah. up here with you guys. I don't know, whatever. He was like a celebrity to you me. You don't right?
0: see him. He is a miss- mythical creature.
1: Well, right, he right, is a right. mythical so, creature, yeah.
3: <laughs> okay, and then you would meet some of the characters that were building this thing. It was just a bunch of other dipshits like anything else, you know. but they had money and things and stuff and hype and things and whatever. Okay, it was really exciting to be around all that, but it went away. Or it, it mellowed out. To see these guys say, we're not really interested in any of that, and there's something that Bob Gundrum told me from C3, Gumby said drop them if we even grow one or two percent a year it's still growth so really the the thing there is bigger isn't always better but good decision making goes a long 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 way so they weren't just deciding on funny little cake decorating like graphics they were thinking about logistics vendors things supply chains and it's an art all that stuff so you know to see them all these years later last time i went to c3 it was like emotional for me because it was so big up in there, and Johan was just like, that yeah, fucking Johan. I share October 15th with that son of a bitch. So that's just, yeah, Get the touch the Johan so Let's give
0: him a gunshot, maybe. The Johan button. Oh, that's a different sound. <laughs> um, well,
3: you know, I mean, to see what they've built it into and all the employees mm-hmm. and all the just sort of efficiencies in there it was very moving to me because I remember when it was just like the first crate came in, the first like thing, you know, came in and it was like, kind of like, you know, it was like dicey, you know? You um, know what
0: Johan said to me? I, Cause I called doing my research. Hey, right after this, I got a guest question from George Kleckner we're going to get into. Oh, is that so? <laughs> so, um, but one thing that Johan said that was, I thought was really, really special. He's the first thing he said, he goes, well, trapplin' he's an example of good things happen to good people. And wow. I thought that was just, uh, a very, very kind words and, and, uh, you know, wow. just uh, that's, well, I mean, when you look at where you're at, it's, it's killer. It's killer. Now let's get into a guest question from George Kleckner. Here we go.
1: Hey, bomb hole. This is George from Union Bindings. I'm a huge fan of the show and thanks, uh, Ethan and Chris for everything you guys are doing. Um, I got a two part question for old Aaron Draplin. Um, first question is why is the doctioned wiener dog the best dog from a design standpoint i heard him say that once and i never really figured out what the hell he was talking about um and the second question is what does he have against mark Wahlberg? he seems like a good guy to me i don't know (laughs) but uh thanks for everything
3: and enjoy the show guys well, Mr. Kleckner, it's uh, you know nice to have to hear you on a call in. You know you can call the number anytime. You know the number. The number is. So you know anytime, George. Okay, first first answer the dachshund, um, the king of the breeds, the king of the breeds. You guys, all dogs. I don't know. You got a couple rat dogs running around. I can hear them out there breathing and hissing and whatever they're doing, humping things. But they all descended from dachshunds and. What I was told was the reason a dog, a wiener dog is long, was to go down the holes. They were mm-hmm. bred this way to go after, I don't know, ferrets and, you know, nutrias and shit, whatever they were going after somewhere, you know, over in Germany or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's probably the answer. <laughs> there were a lot of different answers. You know, sacco de pucci That's a little, just for something from Martina, which translates into flag, uh, flea bag, bag of fleas or something. You know, sacco de pucci. Um I first time ever went. <laughs> second, <laughs> that's Italian. To well, the first time I ever went to, uh, you know, these, you know, to sit and talk about. It. I haven't talked about this in a long time. You know, I, I, I really get like misty because I miss my brothers. You know, and it's like I got to go to Italy. That is pretty cool, right there. And the first time I ever went there,
1: that's reunions design. Yeah, right? yeah, up in up yeah, in up, up in Colico.
3: That's Martino's up Martino. all. Martino's up in up in Colico. And you know, when you go to when you go to that community. They made ski boots and things and plastic parts and stuff. You know, like you know, DIN settings on fucking skis and stuff. Uh oh, I just mentioned it. That's the first one. There should be a. There Wait, should be something here. get. On the, I have the to beep that out. <laughs> I, I don't want to get into it, but I, you know, I still I still hold a grudge. I still hold <laughs> a at, grudge. Look
1: at our uh, skiing is easy bumper sticker up there. Goddamn, Chris poles, went and fucking Chris poles never skied and before. Went and did a sp- backflip first try. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Spider suits and shit. I, listen, I <laughs> am still pissed because I was there when snowboarding became a thing that wasn't allowed at the resorts and when we would save our money and go and get to go have a night at somewhere I remember a ski patrol guy taking his pole and going into the back of my calf. Like, really? you know, fucking, yeah, I remember, it, you know, and it was at Sugarloaf and it was that little place in northern Michigan and it was like. Wounds. He's
0: got some deep wounds. Yeah, oh, deep. You guys, wounds. man. Pole. You got stuck with a pole.
3: Well, here's the deal. We went and made the mountain fun. Those guys were worried about banging gates and times yeah. and shit. And we made them like skateboarding, right? We were yeah. skateboarders in the summer. We were snowboarders in the winter. So, so George, uh, the docks and just a beautiful, you know, uh, 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 animal. I mean, they're just. They're wacky, and then what I like about dachshunds is like they're always illustrated, like for kids and stuff. Like, I, yeah, you know, it's a great portrait. It's a side, fun side it's a, profile. It's, it's a fun dog for little kids to wrap their heads around, you know. And you know, I had a wiener dog named Gary for uh, you know five six a years. Solid name, Gary. Oh, he great was name. a pile of shit. He really was. I mean, <laughs> barking and pissing when you you know you, you greet him and you pee. But also with the with the wiener dogs is they're compromised from their birth. The long dogs, you know, basset hounds. Lowriders, they're lowriders. Low lowriders, they all those Back issues. Are, they have back issues, and his little back went out, you know, and um, I still feel really guilty for that because, you know, other, my buddy's got some dog, I don't know, Marley or some shit. No, you don't say. You named him Marley, you don't say. You know, whatever. <laughs> you know, uh, after going to many a ski town and going, not even like, you know, going to many a ski town, you know when I quit snowboarding? I'll tell you the story. I was in Telluride. And we were coming down from a why was we were just out there because we got a free ride from Bend. This is ninety eight, spring of ninety eight. We got a free ride to Telluride. We go out there with my buddy Chad and one one of the guys was trying to compete, Louis Fountain. So we load up a box van. and We have a free ride in the box van, so we're gonna go you know ride a couple days at Telluride. Tickets were like ninety bucks.
1: Only gotten worse.
3: I know, I know. But see, that's when I would run into the world that we didn't see at Bachelor. Now, when you went, I remember going to Jackson Hole, and it was $60. And that was still a lot to us. But we were at Telluride, and I saw one of the, he was there for some kind of a half-pipe thing or something. And we were up there loitering. And I saw a mom yelling at her kid to get to snowboard practice in some kind of a fur thing. She was on skis, and the kid, like, little Sean White kid-looking thing, you know. And I just, like, that was enough for me. I didn't see that world out west. I didn't. Who trained? Who cares about who goes the highest? It's about having us all together in a Subaru just to go up to the hill together. So that day, I just said, I'm fucking done with this. And I remember it was, you know, Telluride isn't that crazy. And I just, I didn't even buckle in from that point. Wherever we were at the mid-mountain to get down, I just skated down, you know, foot on the, whatever, in between the bindings. I just skated down and I got to the bottom and I just was like, I'm done with this shit. And I hiked into Telluride downtown And there's this place there called Baked in Telluride. It's like baked goods. And as I was walking up with my board, I go, you watch, I'm going to walk in, and Bob Marley's going to be playing. I love Bob Marley. I got all the records. (laughs) But motherfucker, if it's playing, I'm done with this shit. So I'm tempting the fate. And I walk in, and it's all, boom, boom, boom. Fuck, I'm done with this. Didn't even go into the place. (laughs) Fuck this shit, I'm done. I I got out west, I hit the jumps, I'm done. Fuck it. I go, (laughs) I go to... uh, a little internet cafe. check my mail, and I learned that uh, I got accepted to the Minneapolis College of Art and Design. Ten minutes after that, so that's when my you know the next phase starts. But George, second part. Yeah, I was going to say there's there's still <laughs> a Mark
0: You told an interesting story about when you saw him in Las Vegas. Do you want to tell that on air by chance?
3: Oh, in Los Angeles. Oh, it,
0: oh it was in Los Angeles. I yeah. Well, Boston. you know, I what? hung
1: with him in Las Las Vegas. That's you know, probably why uh,
3: you
0: have
1: that mixed up. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, I, whatever. I, I'm I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he does great things. I'm I want to
0: for Massachusetts. I'm I'm actually a, I'm, a oh, yeah, Mark right. well, I'm a Marky Mark fan. I'm a Marky Mark fan. I hate to say that. Well, my you know? sister.
3: You know. Well, we'll get into the fucking just dumb acting in a second. Um. <laughs> you know, just every face is just. Oh, you know, whatever. Hey, it's great. You know, overacting is the word that you guys need to go look up on your on your Google. But um uh, hey, I saw that they put a, a Wahlburger or whatever in Detroit. that's I'm cool with that, you know I, I think that's what I saw. So one time we were dragged down to LA to go do an inspiration trip for Nixon. And what an incredible opportunity. You get to go stay at the Standard and it's all cool on Melrose, I wanna say. And you're in LA, Hollywood bullshit, and you're with Nixon and you're getting it. We went to like Fred Siegel to go see our Nixons at Fred Siegel, which is like, you know, that's when it was 2001 or two. And it was the trucker hat craze. And Aston Kutcher was making like these hats. They were 300 bucks or 250 or some horse shit. And you know, I'm, I'm there with a guy named Goo, John Goo Femister, right? Old skateboarder, old snowboarder, worked on MLY, M3, worked on Burton's, you know, out in Vermont. He um, um, uh, helped start Gravis, helped start Nixon from the design side of things. Goo, who's probably wearing the same T-shirt he wore down there 20 years ago. He's that kind of guy. That shit doesn't matter to him, you know. That's why I loved him right away to be under his wing, right? So we go down there, and we're just standing there shaking our heads at this shit like, how weird is all of this just plastic bullshit culture? You know, I mean, I'd already been past the snowboard things. I'd worked at snowboarder, all the trade shows, all the fun, the travel. And now I'm in, and I'm refined and I'm in Portland, Oregon. I'm working for this thing. We Nixon and, you know, through Cinco. Well, that night was some big award show. And I remember we came in from one of these, we parked, we give the guy the, the keys and, say thanks and shit and, and then you go into the hotel and then you go through a lobby and then you go into an elevator and one of the times we went to the elevator, you know, I'm, a, I'm just on. I'm just on. Like in my little field notes, I remember I wrote all the names of the celebrities we saw. It's my first time in L.A. proper, right? So we saw, well, at least I lived down there, but we wouldn't go much. We'd go do a thing and then leave. So we're in L.A. at all these sort of spots. My first time, really. And, and uh, I have this list of names. First time we go into the elevator... Spike Lee. And as gentle as I can, I just say, I say, Mr. Lee, thank you, I'm a big fan. And he goes, you know, just something, like a real small interaction. I'm not going to jump on him, but, you know, I got to, I don't know if I shook his hand. I just got to say thank you to one of my, you know, sort of heroes. Then we're leaving. We go up to the room and do whatever we're going to do, and we're going to leave back to the next thing. And I see, you know, there's this event going on, so there's all these things. It turns out they come from their houses up in the hills and then they stay at the thing so they can go party and go to like some theater and then come back to the thing so they don't have to get all messy up at their house. I think that's what, kind of what we were told by Danena. I think is, you know, Chad Danena would have told us that. Well, I see this white Ferrari or something pull up. And, you know, the crew we're with, we're, you know, they're already kind of out the door and everyone stops because it's, someone's coming in. And I watched Marky Mark throw. You're not supposed to call him that at that time either. Throw his keys to the concierge or whatever that is. Like he owned the fucking place. And I just was like, you know, you're supposed to say thanks. He might have. But I just watched him, and he just had these like sweatpants and shit on. Like he just walked in like he was glowing. And I just went, you know, watch this go by. Like he's just a person. If I was 29 at the time, maybe he was some close to that age. I don't know. And go through it, and I just went, Hey! Love that funky bunch. <laughs> and he just went, you know, whatever. Like, oh, fucking mark boy. You know, and then okay, and then be forced to have to watch him and like all these things just at that same huh that he's got. You know? I
1: haven't seen a Marky Mark movie that I didn't like.
3: Well then that's then then, <laughs> then good for you. But you know, I, I met you him know. in
1: Las Vegas. Ah, was he cool? He took us out to the he let us oh, get wow. in his limo, he took us to the titty bar. Mm. Probably had the best night of my life.
3: Well, that's, cool. I he, mean, that's uh, cool.
1: We had a line of the girls from Spearmint Rhino, basically, in line to come and meet us. And he'd be like, Eastone, you need a bucket of beers? Like, how you doing, man? Hey, hey, Crystal, this is Eastone, my good bud. This is J2. This is... And hung out with us all night. And uh, we were going to go back to the hotel and have a big party. And he passed out. And we basically had to carry him in and tuck him into bed.
3: And yeah, well, and it it was Got him tucked in. Okay.
1: He was an amazing dude, basically opened up the well, tab. Well, aren't I the asshole
3: now, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he basically was like one of the homies. He treated, he took like 20 of us out for the night of our lives.
3: Well, well uh, listen, I, I hope the 500 million he has in the bank goes to, you know, waking up at two in the morning like he does. And I, listen, I, he's probably a great, wonderful little human being. Just in that moment. Yeah. I, I watched Bobcat Goldvate do oh, that guy. Say thank you to the guy. Yeah, somewhere else, you know, and just was like, oh, you know, and to this day, I whatever, you know. I, I listen. Entitlement, basically, well, huh? it's okay to
0: to not like
3: somebody. We're okay. You well, know? I mean, but the thing is, is you know, as you get older, you realize it's like, man, that's just me with my with my guard up, you know, like like my guard up, like man. It should be this way. No, there's no way. There's no time for it to be any other way. Who knows what he had to go do, you know, to receive the award for the most dry acting of uh, <laughs> 2001. I mean, he won it, like, you know, whatever. I'm, he always plays the same character. I know. Listen, you know what? I mean, I, not everyone could be, you know, goddamn Daniel Day-Lewis or Oof. something. You know, I mean, you know, someone Snap. that moves me, like, Phil, yeah. you know, S- S- Seymour Hoffman, one of these creatures that, you know, I, I, I look, I watch, you know, um... Nevertheless, not aren't I the asshole? I'm sorry, but you know, <laughs> you
1: know, I might have just caught him on a good night. Whatever. He wasn't, he wasn't vibing with his crew, you know.
3: You know, if someone writes into your, into your, into this, you know, this program here and says he was, then maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little off. You know, you know, you meet these people, it's just, you know, he wasn't certainly wasn't a hero of mine. But you know, like, what if I met him and he was a piece of shit? That's happened to me, mm-hmm. and you don't forget that stuff. It's like you know, yes. you got, you kind of got to... This sounds Dick's weird. Good. Well, you got. This sounds weird, but. I meet kids now who are look up to what I do. And I gotta be really I gotta be really careful because I've had guys yell in my face. I've had guys kind of push me. This is the real aggressive stuff. I've had guys start to cry. You, you know, this one girl one time, you know, they're all kids, right? You know, this one kid one time, you know, she was very moved by what I was my thing. And you don't make fun of that, you know, you 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 know what? What do you do? You know, and and it was it, you know, and and I got a primer from being able to go to the trade shows and meet some of these characters, like sitting with Jamie Lynn. That's one of my favorite writers. just a dude like the rest of us, but you know, maybe with a bank a bank account and magazine coverage and things. But he was kind of already not over it at that point. You know, two thousand two or whatever we were down there. But I sat with him and we just talked about it as two. 29 year olds, or something. And I had his shit on my walls. That's just the best way to put it. I loved his style. I loved his art, you know, all his things, you know. Um, that was really cool. So, you know, when a kid comes to me now, it's like, I don't, I don't you know, first of all, you're not going to see me. I'm going to park the car. That's why I, when we would go to these, uh, there's this thing called Adobe Max for software, Adobe software, you know. Um, you guys should look into it. It's drawing programs and Photoshop. am sorry. <laughs> well, every year they do this big, Big uh, Adobe Max, like, conference, 15,000 people. It's awesome. And I've been able to speak there from the shittiest, crustiest side of things up to where I'm one of the names kind of now. Right, right, right. And when you go to this thing, it's, like, it's just this big deal. And you're you're meeting kids from all over the nation, and they're coming up to you, and you're professionals and things and stuff. And it's, like, it's, just, it's so overwhelming that, like, in those couple days, you see your name elevated to this big honking thing. And it's, like, you know, Every experience that comes down the line of the, in that, you know, couple days there, you you learn, like, you know, this is someone's chance to meet you, and you better be cool with it, because they're going to remember that, because it gets referenced later on, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether or not, you know, you know, one time, my girl, who, by the way, my sweet little moonbeam, Lee McCullough, she's just so lovely. and Just, everyone, just, just touch the fucking fluttering. <laughs> <We> oh, <don't laughs> you know what we got for her? Touch it.
1: Plus. We don't have a flutter button. We got a plus. Well, it's, we'll it sounds
3: it sounds fucking weird, but whatever. But I've been I've been away from the house for forty seven hours, and I already miss her. You know, I mean, just because. And by the way, I fire her about once a day. She's the merch mistress for the DDC. <laughs> <laughs> but she has she has no, she can cut through the bullshit instantly. Whatever perception has been built up for me in my little design corner of the world, she'll just remind me. They don't even know. That you were bitching about having to pay 17 bucks for parking like just 20 minutes ago. They don't know. We, we just carried all the shit in. They don't know that. They think that you get to throw the keys to the concert. No, well, man. I'm humping that shit in. That's a great, that's levels, a great
0: analogy because when you look at, you know, Draplin, he just drove here, you know, driving cross-country and whatnot, and you're in an orange van, nothing fancy, great van, but, uh, you know, from what I understand, uh, you've you've stacked some cheddar biscuits, uh You know, Mm -hmm. jobs that are probably enough to uh, pay off a house, we'll say, for the sake of uh, an unconfirmed reference, but like some high, some high paying gigs you've done over the years with your merch and things like that. And and so it it is really cool to see the opposite side. You know, you have Marky Mark, he pulls up, he throws the keys to the concierge where you, you got money in the bank and you're sleeping in the back of a van and keeping, you know, and, and that, that actually now kind of the Marky Mark thing makes more sense when I look at how you live your life as we start to well, see. Well,
3: I mean, you know, when we were on the book tour in that van, every night was 140 bucks well, you get it down to 112. Here, here's why, here's where, all, here's where all this comes from. When we moved out West, we didn't have any of that. We had nothing. You slept in your car. You, you pitched a tent and you just made it work. There was no option to go and get a shower. You were washing your shit and a rest stop because it, we just had to get to the West and then start our lab. So at 47 years old, all these years later, it's like, it's not the hundred bucks. It's like, I just kind of miss that. You know, mm-hmm. now when it's with Lee, I can't do that. She's got, you know, she wants to use a thing called a bed, you know, and
0: stuff. So what was the reference with food about not refusing to eat a certain way? You had said earlier when we were
3: off air, like, Oh, what she told me when that we were in, uh, Oh I call it Pizza Ranch territory, which is the Midwest. There's this thing called Pizza Ranch. You ever heard of these? <laughs> you got to go to the Midwest, fellas. You got go to go. The, there's a place called Pizza Ranch, which is like some sort of all you can eat, just grub, fucking stop. And it's like, you know, you go there, uh, maybe like Pietro, something like that, out here or something like that, where you, you know, like all you can eat, whatever it's called, Pizza Ranch. And when you get through Nebraska, they don't have a Whole Foods in these little towns, and and in fact, the little IGA supermarket, it's not even open at 1 30 in the morning so you are either lucky to go through the macdougals and get some big mac or something which what happens on the road stays on the road honey and uh you know uh pillar of health out here but um one night we were in nebraska and she just looked at me and said i'm not eating out of a bag tonight <laughs> that's it you know, during the day or whatever it was you're like just so you know you better plan accordingly and we'll stop and get a cooler and load up a cooler with some things. And I can make a salad or I can, you know, because she eats pretty healthy, right? And, you know, I'm down with the lowbrow, you know, grub out in the road, whatever, you know. And it's fine it's fun, but it's just not sustainable, right? Mm-hmm. So to do that tour, to be spending the 200 bucks a night, it was part of the budget. Mm-hmm. But see, you know, I'm still that kid and inside that's like, but if you save five of those nights, <laughs> stay with friends, it's a thousand bucks. You can do a lot of things with for me or give it to my mom or someone who needs it or something. I didn't need to stay in Idaho in, in a, in a hotel room. I just kind of jumped in the back. It wasn't, it's been a long time. I left the window open. I've had like seven or eight mosquito bites right now. I'm, I'm kind of a wuss, you know, these days, but I used to do that coming back and forth from the the, the Midwest to the West. And that's how I got to ride the bird. The first time I went and saw my buddy, Roger Cameron
0: Oh, it's my time. God. That's my guy. You know Roger Cameron? I
3: know him. Really? He started Magical Go Go
0: Wax. as was my wow. first sponsor. Ever oh, wow, yeah. When I was a kid, like, that was the first brand. Yeah, Roger's is the man. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah,
3: I met him up at camp. Yeah. At, you know, I'm 95. Yeah. Artist. Fellow teetotaler. Like, he didn't drink. I didn't really drink. I'm every now and again, I have a little bit of something, but he's still on the deal. Creative guy. Let's you know. Worked for Lego for a number of years. <sighs> That's one of the greatest gigs I've ever done in my life is I got to go to Lego and speak to his crew mm-hmm. and it was awesome. And and then for my fee, they took me through the Lego company store and I bought like two grand worth of shit. It was awesome, right? You know, <laughs> fucking how many times you get to do that in your life. Yeah. Roger Cameron, man, incredible, incredible guy. Well, I stay with him, you know, and it would have been in the van and I, you know, I was driving through and we went to the bird the one time I've ridden in Utah and it was, uh, it, it snowed, but it was kind of a hard pack underneath it, so we, I was nervous because it, there was just elevation, and it was, like, slippery. Now, Bachelor's pretty – it's rolling, but it's not like – got to hike to get to the to the, some Snow the numbers stuff. Snowboard's aggressive. There was some stuff. Bachelor's pretty flat in that, right? Yeah. Well, we were – you know, like, we went up in that gondola, and it was like, you know, had to wait in line and all this shit. You want you wanted to show me all this cool stuff? Um, we went bowling that uh, – we went bowling in, in the city um, that trip, and I met Chris Engelsman who was a hero from our town, from Michigan, right? Yeah, yeah, he's from Michigan. Yeah, and we got to meet him, you know, and, and, and uh, hung out. And um, I got to know him a lot more when I was at the magazine, you know, just a couple, three years later. But that would have been 97, I think, you know, when I was coming through to stay with Roger here. Um, and, and I think that trip, I think that trip is when I first went to Brick's.
1: <laughs> the the bar it's not Someone, open anymore. Yeah, well, yeah but I right. used but to what be I'm just saying,
3: But what it was, it was an introduction to the politic of what you have to get invited. There's a dress code. Like I don't even drink. I don't give a shit. You know. But no, it was like you go and It's just white people, Mormon <laughs> kids. Right. Very curious to me, you know, because what the way we look at Utahs or the West is they they're like um, they're invented. Where you're from, it's 1400, well, 1650s. And yeah, the roads were for horse and buggy and shit. All the way back, right? Ju- yeah. Michigan's a couple hundred years after that. Yeah. And out here, it's only about 140 years. Mm-hmm. And they're making their own rules and bees and seagulls and the whole bit. Hey, very interesting to me that that's in contemporary times, this whole sort of thing. So I got to see all of it. He took me by these, like, compounds and said, hey, up over that fence, that's some polygamous shit. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm from Michigan, man. You know, there's pariahs that we were you know that happened around you know things that happened and people we got pushed out and then you come out west and it's like not that that's bad good or whatever it just existed it was really interesting for me to see you know not to mention just go to like some of the greatest thrift stores i've ever been in my life in utah here yeah yeah so you know to come here and you know have that sort of experience as a kid i got to do that in just about every town Mm -hmm. you know with one buddy who lived there one buddy in flagstaff one buddy you know, I had a lot of friends in Summit County. You know. A, he's been a road doctor yeah, for a, road, a long road time. road dog. Road warrior. Well, to be in that van and not be, you know, skeeved out by that, you know, George, you know, asking about, you know, what's up with Marky Mark? Well, I know there's not a lot down in that corner of Colorado. You take what you can get on your goddamn satellite, you know, whatever he's got, George Kleckner. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I've had cops tick, tick, tick on the window, get out of here. Really? One time in Philly. You know, I met the young lady from Philly.
0: She's uh, talking about Jules. Her Jules are uh, sorry, Jules.
3: Yep. I met Jules. Um, uh, one of the kids I worked up worked up in Alaska with making money. Um, a guy named Matt Adelizzi who passed, skateboarder and stuff, and chef. He was one of my buddies up in one of my first summers up in up in uh, <laughs> up in uh, Alaska. So on my we get back from Alaska. He's going back to his life in Philly. I'm going back to my life in the West, but I'm going to go do a big road trip through the East. And I stayed with him in Philly. And, you know, I could stay in his house, but it meant like a, some futon or some shit. And it was like, no, I got a mattress in the back of the van. Why wouldn't I do that? So I stayed on a little row house street in Philly, and some kids saw me get in my van. So as I get in there and, you know, birthday suit, and I'm, I'm, oh, I'm you're dong out. Now. Yeah, we like to be comfortable. Okay, all right. Well, I'm in there, and then these kids are coming and like rocking the car, you know. And it's like I got my like fucking Rambo knife. Like, what you know? What are they going to come in or break the window? Who knows? They're just they were just fucking with me. But I've had every experience in that van. But that was all before I even turned 25. I can't you believe
1: know? you sleep in there in your birthday suit. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, real, yeah. Maybe that's a little bit of get, embellishment.
1: Getting real comfortable in the inner city. Listen. <laughs>
3: Two nights ago, this we're talking twenty years ago. This other bullshit, but two nights ago, you know, there's a good wide berth on the on the Gatorade uh, twenty ounce. Oh yeah. Okay? Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to brag, but you know, it's a tight confines. I was pissing in that bottle. I don't have to go hike into the rest yeah. stop. You know, yeah. I mean, that doesn't jug. happen. Sketchy with, stuff out there. Well, that doesn't happen with with Lee next to me. You know, I mean, I, I yeah. whatever. I mean, last time I got a hotel because I had to work, yeah. and then prep myself for my big moment with you guys. Yes. Oh yeah.
0: Well, let's keep this thing on the rails. I got. Uh, let's. I want to dive back into a couple other things. First thing, um, you know, I'm just going to get right into it. we got a guest question from a special guest. Here we go. Hey,
4: what up, Draplin? It's Danny Cast, And I was wondering if you would tell the viewers how much design work you've actually done in your underwear. Because I know some of our greatest grenade logos came out of that basement laboratory of yours.
3: Yes, yes. <laughs> well, this gets into the C-word territory, and I'm just going to let it fly. Comfort. You know, why wear pants? You know, my dad used to have this 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 adage. He'd say, why stand up when you can sit? Why sit when you can lay down? <laughs> like, work your way down to the... <laughs> why wear pants when you can take your pants off? So listen, the George Kleckners and Brad Chaffells and Larry Nunezes and Jeff Bakers and... I would take my pants off when i my dad was the kind of dad who he got to the house and he was in his boxer shorts, and you know a big dog's t shirt or some shit was standard fare <laughs> and um he was comfortable like right when he got out of work, so why couldn't I be you know Danny Cass huh well here's a name well <laughs> Dan Cass you owe me fourteen bucks from two thousand five dan um uh you know it was really cool to work for watch those guys well. Blow up, if you will, and then explode internally. The whole thing, many sorts of, many sorts of, uh, many flavors of of, uh, explosives there. Uh, Yeah. You know, I've worked in one cool job, Cinco Design. You have to wear pants, you know. And the metaphor of when I got away from not Cinco, just everywhere and it was in my basement, why can't you just be as comfortable as you want to be? And if that was, you know, a pair of underoos or whatever, you know, the thing is, is I remember one time the dingo coming over and like, like just being like, you know, like kind of looking at me, you know, because I was in my fucking boxer shorts, you <laughs> know, and you know, whatever. And it's like, I'm not going to put on airs. We're just trying to get this damn thing done. Because the idea was, if you're comfortable, you can get that magazine done in seven or eight days. And then you've got 22 other days to work on union, coal, things, stuff, everything else, right? When I worked at the magazine at Snowboarder with Pat and the boys, you had 30 days to get it done, whatever that meant, right? And, you know, it was still really crazy. So there was a lot of grenade made, you know, in the old skivs. But just so you guys know, it's like boxer briefs or boxers. It's not like... Tidy white I'm sitting there like a, you know, some fucking baby Huey or something. You know, whatever. It's
0: not, that's not like that. It's fucking great, baby Huey reference. Yes. Love that. One thing I want to I want to hammer on because I was really fascinated. You started going down this wormhole, and I I want to I want to go down that. But you, when you're you're talking about union, you were describing the logo and and how it like you basically kind of went into your kind of mindset about graphic design and, and uh, you know, it's gotta be small enough to fit on your fingernail and big enough to fit on a jet plane. And, and you just kind of like, yeah, I want to go into just, I want you to just kind of wind you up and let you go on that topic for a second.
3: Well, you mentioned magical go-go. Yes. Where does magical go-go land? now just check it out. If it has to be pushed into the wax Roger's going to have to think about that. Mm -hmm. It's not just a sticker. Now, staying in the wax realm, I'm getting every name I know. You go to Willie up at Bluebird. His mark worked well in the wax. You go to One Ball J, and they got a little hippy-dippy up there in Washington with the, the Cummins and stuff. Maybe the sticker would only work, you know? So the thing is, is like when you're designing, you just can't, everything looks good on a beer can, you know, but when it gets pressed into something, you really need to think about that. So, you know, these old sort of, here's a C word, sort of corporate designers, they really had to think through all the different sort of applications. It went into the design of something. Everything's cool, screen printed. But when you go to embroider, look what happens just on your hat there. It just gets a little bit different, right? So there's a charm to that, right? So I remember with Union, and after seeing Gravis, they really designed Gravis to work this tiny little embroidery down the corner of the shoe. Those were beautifully built. You know, they looked a little wonky on your feet, but they were comfortable. So that was a different thing. It's like the design of the comfort was a thing. The design of how the logo worked, pressed into neoprene, pressed into surface, you know, whatever, all these different things. That was really cool to me because Nixon was built that way. It had to be this tiny little thing on the watch. Think of a watch and a watch face and how small that stuff shows are there. It gets pressed into things. It has to be readable at that size. So you look at, okay, keep going bigger and bigger and bigger. Nike. That's considered on the shoe, on everything. So here's this opportunity to start Union, right? And it was, like, really interesting to me that, like, I better grill Marty to kind of say, are we going to be allowed to have patterns? And turns out everything, all the above, maybe not there right away. But it was like, you know, you're prepping yourself. So here's the thing. When you make a logo, everything works best in a circle or a square. When you boil the all of us down here, dogs included, we're little cells. And it's like these really simple elements of nature that are just sort of, there's a harmony to these things. So when you come back screaming up, anywhere we look on this microphone here, chances are, you know, that there's going to be a logo there that works some somewhere here and here's how you go look at this stuff to think about it on a little bit larger level when the iphone came out you got to see the shit i was sweating right up close why because you know your life is inside this little app thing right here right a square right things work from a foot away from six inches away laying there in that hotel room last night and i just understood that like the greatest logos of all time out there bell telephone it's in a circle when you're in the West and you see a train go two miles away heading towards Nevada, you can see all the logos on that shit. That's graphic design. And it's about legibility and about working on the side of this big tanker. Right. So not only were you doing that to count the stuff, but it was also to say, Hey, we're Burlington Northern. We're out there. You know, it's like you better compete. Right. So for us to make that sort of decision, you know, that's not me just rolling in there and saying, I'm gonna, I get to be the cake decorator of this thing on what I say. No, man. George, do you like orange? Let's position ourselves. We did it. It's one conversation, but we were considerate. Whoever was doing something else, we stayed away from it. So when, when I start a brand now with a buddy, be it his food cart or something scary, you just make sure that you're not stepping on anyone's toes. You make sure that where is this thing going to work? And have to work. And what aren't we thinking about? So I did, years ago, I did this uh, called Healthy Living, uh, kind of like a Whole Foods up in uh, in Vermont. And my buddy Evan Rose, <laughs> Evan Rose, <laughs> that motherfucker. <laughs> DDC business manager, Evan Rose, everybody. <laughs> that motherfucker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we talk a lot. He's, you know, he's just one of the greatest people I've ever met in my life, Evan Rose. But, uh, you know, he got me hooked up with these guys in Burlington, and it's a supermarket. And it's upscale. And what you learn really quick, it's not the sign you're designing. Really what you're designing is what goes on under here, what goes on inside the thing that you see. There's a little logo. Something stamped into the top of this coffee cup. It better work there too. What we were designing for the supermarket wasn't necessarily the sign. It was the little thing that went on the potato salad. Every day, that impression, 3 or 4,000 a day or whatever the number they gave me, a couple thousand a day, Think about when you go to the deli and you watch people grab stuff, grab and go, right? That logo better work on there. Incredible. It better work on that receipt. Mm-hmm. That's being spit out every time. Then you get up to the bag and the little cool bags and then you get to the, somewhere you get to the sign. So that kind of, you know, how did I learn about that shit? It's because I read these books about mm-hmm. how they were like starting with the basic of the, of the DNA of a brand. Now in snowboarding, or you can kind of just do whatever you want, you know, it's like there just were limitations. Same with coal, we had to make sure, number one, that you could get it tiny and tiny and tiny down into these little, because Brad wasn't about, like, what was the one that came years later? Neff. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, big and loud and Snoop Dogs and, and crazy people and just wild shit and, you know, whatever, punkers and partiers and, okay, 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 fluorescent shit. Well, just look at Brad. You know, he's not that. And the product felt that way. And there was a, there was, that was okay, to do that. No, they, they're pretty wild, you know, 20 years later, whatever. Um, so you have to really work within those tiny little confines and then you just work your way out of that. You know, by the time it gets like I remember you're talking about union, when I actually saw a shipping container filled with boxes, mm-hmm. rubber meets the road. Because I built that box for Martino. Mm-hmm. And we had, you know, five went in. I think it was five. So if you think about that five sets of bindings goes into a box and the box goes into a shipping container those things come from somewhere far away. You know. And it's like we understood that when you open that thing up you see this big union logo and then there's little things for like oh, what colors and mm-hmm. things we got to design all that shit. So mm-hmm. it's like every element can be designed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like a restaurant. When you go into a restaurant the sign's made, and then the menu's made, and then when they need a T-shirt. By the, t- by the way, five years later, there's 17 different pieces. And, you know, like as a design nerd, what a privilege it was to be able to kind of start and say, let's just look a couple steps ahead. So, yeah, that's the thinking there. And that, that's no different if it's my buddy's food cart or mm-hmm. some of the bigger stuff I've worked on. It's the same questions. And what's funny is even when I'm working in the big leagues, you get this, Wow. We didn't even think that way because you know why? Fucking graphic designers and artists are just so indulgent. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'm thinking for this. You know, what I liked about C3, Union and Coal, it was a we word. Not I'm doing this, I'm doing that. We We always were making. That's the only way I want to talk about it because I really felt that I was being guided by an animal like Johan, sure, but I was being guided by him because he knew how to sell. And then I had to help guide those guys to help make it easier to sell. So you work together. It's just, you know, these are small little things, but bigger. the bigger things get, it's harder to make those quick decisions. So every year those guys would come down for union, and we'd have a battle. Here's the colorway we want. We like this color. You know, maybe it's inspired by a Nike or inspired by something we saw or inspired by, you know, something. We'd battle it out. It was hard to do, but it's because Johan knew the forecast, you know, and we had to trust that. So, that quality of like just being open to like this isn't just for my portfolio. What gives a fuck. This is make it easier so you can read the shit when it gets off the damn, you know, the off the off the truck or whatever, off the
1: boat. Crazy. You thought the way you did. That's so cool. Dude,
3: dude, going
0: back to like graphic design stuff, when I think about when I'm in the grocery store. Just because you were talking about grocery stores, it sparked this. But you'll be looking at like a wall of chips, for example, and it's like you don't buy based on the chip that's inside it. You buy based on the the, the design like the, the the design work on the box or the bag yeah, sure. and it's so funny because like nowadays especially I see like you know with, with you know I, I try to eat healthy when I can and and you see the the like healthy kind of like hip branding right that like less is more less is more and you're like I you know as opposed to like maybe something that was designed in the 90s or 2000s it's kind of got a different well. style. Right. And, and so I look at the new kind of simple less is more and I'm like, I'm going to buy this bag on chips based on the, the design work. And, and, but it's, it's so funny how it's. Now,
3: now, now that's really interesting because now just for one little second. Yep. I'm going to take you on a ride of the mind. Let's do All it. All right. And are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Done. We are ready. So what if it was a white bag and it had an orange triangle? You know, I love Doritos, man. I get a Dorito with a Subway or some shit every now and yeah. again. We don't have any of that shit around the house because I eat the, eat the whole fucking bag of those cool. things and eat the bag too. Just the, gone. A little cool ranch. <laughs> <laughs> but if, just imagine a white bag Copy. with an orange triangle and it just says Doritos and a little bit of Helvetica in the corner. Not only could you triple the price, yes, but you'd also scare away a lot of people. So you know why Doritos looks like it looks like Doritos with the Waka Waka and fucking like uh, racing graphics and shit? Because it's got to get to your, your uncle. You know, it's (laughs) got to get to your cousin who doesn't give a funk about whatever. You know what I mean? How the hell can liquid death put water in a can and ship them all to me in Portland, Oregon? I'm still trying to wrap my head around. By the way, this stuff is uh, all the uh, uh, There's nothing in it, and it tastes so good. (laughs) Right out of the Utah River. It tastes better out of a can. It really does. It does. (laughs) uh, uh, The apple storification. Yes, that's a great, yeah when you see like next time you're at target, just go into like the makeup aisle as a, as a nerd and think about this graphic design stuff there, because it's like, you'll see just words like, you know, I don't know, you know, replenish. It's not even the brand. It's the idea that you're you're starting over and your skin's going to get clean or something, you know. Listen, there's a lot of psychology that goes in that stuff too, you know. I don't, I don't know if that was necessarily you know applied to the world, you know, of snowboarding stuff because, whatever, you know. But it, it, you know, I think about it because I'm easily led, and you get tricked. I know I'd go right to that that Dorito thing because I'm lucky to be able to afford Apple. And now I get to go in and there were years I couldn't afford it. Now, we haven't talked about going to Alaska. I went to Alaska for four summers, 96, 97, 98, 99. I always list them because it was four summers of my fucking life to make money for college, to pay for my first computer, to pay down college, to pay, you know, whatever, to live out west. And I'm really proud of that. I, I didn't like it up there. It was beautiful up there. But, you know. I have to mention that shit because it's a big part of my building block. You know, it, it elevated me to where I could at least get to the point where I could go and buy one of the apples or whatever I bought. You know, I mean, I I couldn't before that. I just couldn't. I couldn't go to my parents. Maybe I could have, but I didn't need to. They trained us that. You know, I got myself out west. We paid our rent. You know, um, I remember a cousin of mine being confused and being like, "Wait, but how does your mom get money to you out there?" And it was like like you know like western union or something like like bank account or like a wire and I was like I have a pizza job what are you talking about different strokes for different folks whatever like your your mom dad give you money or your mom gives you money what do you like what world are you in my parents couldn't do that and but cooler than that they didn't have to we you know you buy what you can afford and make good decisions and you'll be all right you know but i remember being real close to the old that's why i say about being broke it's never again, you know. It, it pushes me all these years later. But to elevate myself to be able to have that appreciation, I'm also pretty cynical about it, you know, mm-hmm. because I know that the, the the reference of the triangle and the thing, it's like it's still a Dorito inside that package, mm-hmm. you know, and you kind of have to understand that, you know. It's like graphic design, and we don't even notice this, but check it out. The first stop sign you see out of here, that's graphic design. It's recognition, it's patterns, it's things, and it keeps order to an otherwise you know, could be chaotic, even in this little, you know, park you guys are in here, this little, you know, office park thing. So it's like there's graphic design everywhere you look, but it can also be used as a weapon. Trump 2024 flags. Man, fuck these guys. But it's effective, you know, and it's cheap bullshit made far away. And no one ever talks about any of that for these, you know, these big nationalist assholes. But, you know, to see graphic design used that way in the last bunch of years, it's fucking terrifying to me. To go all the way back to World War Two, they used graphic design to try to take over the world, right? So think about that, flags and stuff and things, and logos, and how terrifying, and, and also appropriation, they took that from native cultures, you know, in indigenous cultures, they took that stuff. So, it can be real scary. Now that's a real high level of this stuff, but the idea is like, you know, when we were making Union and coal and the, the things I've been so lucky to work on, you get to be pretty honest, you know? Now if it is about fluffing it up a little bit, like I remember I used to have a hard time when we would put these like scantily clad ladies in snowboard. There's nothing wrong with it, I guess. I guess whatever, but maybe not now. Fifteen years later, I don't know if that would oh, be the same no, thing. Yeah, it's a no. I, I know, but we debated it then, and that's why we did like a women's issue. It's like fuck it, I'm not writing this stuff. They can go shoot it. They can write it. And they can go I and mean, go rip it up, and they did. Mm-hmm. And we made a platform for that. It was awesome. I was so proud of that. You know, mm-hmm. by the way, it was it was cool. It's a good. It was not necessarily the right thing to do. It was just cool to facilitate some of that shit. Well, we did that with our little snowboard magazine too, but I'd have a hard time with that stuff because it was like, we don't need to do that. You don't, know, you know. I know it sells and stuff, but that's just not. It's not me, certainly. We can package our shit in other ways, you know, and and show our stuff in other ways. But you know, you know certain guys certain things. We had certain care. You know, J Two was on the staff. You know, no buddy there. You know, and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I was. Uh, I think I was. Who who was I just telling this story about? One time when twos. He came to the base into the basement you know I'm when you live with Mikey that's no I was I, I, when I was yeah, uh, when, when I was when I crashed the, the, the Mikey LeBlanc hostel I, I owe you about thousand dollars Mike thank you for all this time um uh, no when I was in my basement in Portland and twos came for the weekend to work on the mag or whatever you know you come up. You, fucker would drive it's 750 miles and that should take you about I don't know what is it 14 15 hours I remember him claiming something like I didn't think Nine hours. It's yeah. Like, no, you didn't. You know, you were driving. On, he did it. Not, yeah. you know, whatever it was, like radar n- detector. Yes. Turn the lights <laughs> off and shit. You know, him and you know, whatever. And one time he he comes into the into the house and you know we do all the you know like I know I'm pleasantly plump. It's a part of my my existence, part of my being. <laughs> but he always loved to always mention it. And I always have to say something. <laughs> Everyone else has, has nice decorum, but Jay, he Jay Two, always just going, "What's up, Thunder Thighs?" You know, fuck you, too, You know, whatever. We get we get all. Past he was that. honest
1: to a fault, wasn't he, too? <laughs> Fucking.
3: You know. Well, we get all past that, and then I remember he looked under under my machine. And he goes, "Your cords, your cords, you know, cord management or something." So he crawls under this like tight space of like. You know, there's like the IKEA. I have my IKEA desk at the time, and I have a little mini IKEA table. and That thing's about 18 inches. It's pretty tight under there. So he crawls into there, and his feet are sticking out, and he's going to, you know, get the cord management right. <laughs> and he fell asleep. <laughs> and he slept the night there. Oh my God. And I have a photo of him and his ass, you know, just sticking laying out. under your desk. No shirt on. Yep. Went in, no shirt. On, pants on, and then these big, you know, DCs or what, a big frumpy, you know. And, yeah. And he just slept there, you know, because he just passed out, and he got up, and he, the cords. So I still have all the little tags, because he went through and, you know, said, this goes to your printer. And it, you know, no, it. you organized it all well, for Well, yeah, you, when, when, I, know, when I, you know, when I upgraded to whatever I was upgrading, you know, I, I kept his little tag somewhere. That's you know, cool. a little two-story.
1: Today, we're going to be talking to you about Bub's Naturals. Huh, Chris?
0: Let me tell you about their little apple cider vinegar gummies. I've been chomping these things down. They are great for your gut biome, your gut health. Uh, I know that they helped out Angie, your wife, right?
1: Yeah, they helped her out a ton. She takes them every day. They fix some stomach issues she has. Loves the taste as well. They're delicious.
0: Yeah, it's not like you're choking down some gross. It's like eating candy, basically. It's like eating but candy. it's good for your stomach. Uh, they also have their kind of token product, which is right in front of me here. This is the collagen protein. We like to mix up some shakes after working out, and it just keeps you, as you get older, bored and longer, you know, we start to deteriorate. This old chassis ain't running like it used to. You need things like collagen to keep it going, huh, buds? Yeah, I'm as old as it gets out there trying
1: to snowboard and keep up with these young kids. Collagen is the glue that keeps your body together, so... If you're taking it, it's just going to help you feel better, recover quicker. Great product, and it's a great crew, right? They're backed by snowboarders,
0: absolutely. Owned by snowboarders, and if you're if you were born in the 1400s like Easton, you need collagen to maintain. Uh, I think my in,
1: body would probably just explode. It would explode if I didn't have collagen in the system.
0: Exactly. So yeah, great. This the company's got a great story. Owned by snowboarders, you know, Bubs was a Navy SEAL who. You know, lost his life saving others. And this brand, Bubs, is made to honor him. So you're supporting a great cause. Ten percent of all proceeds go to charity, which is great. You feel good. You're contributing to a good thing if you support these guys. And you can head on over to bubsnaturals.com if you want to support this incredible brand, huh? Buds? Yeah, you can get 20% off with the code BOMHole. Again, head on over to BubsNaturals.com. Use promo code BOMHole. And get some collagen in your system. We got a, we're a little past due on a little uh, thing we call the liquid death, mm. spinning wheel of death.
4: Here we Welcome go.
1: to the liquid death.
4: Death, death, death. Spinning wheel of death.
3: I want to I be the first guest on your podcast to get caught in the, wi- the wheel of death and like bail oh yeah <laughs> remember what you ever see the footage of on the old what's you know is that the right spot did you get you that's know, good we got about the wheel of fortune we, we got to talk
0: about liquid death for a hot second <laughs> sure. here um so basically liquid death kicks ass uh draplin's chugging some as we speak and so is Keystone. <sighs> is that how is that thing but delicious yeah
1: <laughs> yeah they put it in a can from the Alps, and it uh, somehow tastes so much better in a can.
0: <laughs> it does. Nothing like some ice cold water in a can. Uh, you're not contributing to all the plastic waste that's going on. Uh, Pat Moore is the is our liaison over there. So they're good people doing uh, that support the show. If you're interested in picking up some liquid death, head on over to liquiddeath.com slash bombhole. You get a couple of koozies. Again, that is liquiddeath.com slash bombhole. You'll get a couple of koozies and uh, support us and support liquid D. Now, Draplin, you're gonna what we do have here is the the liquid death spinning wheel death. You give it a spin. And whatever it lands on, uh, it you, you have to do basically. Yeah, I can't see it. So. You can't see it. Well, okay, the camera's right, got to
3: right,
1: be able
0: to right. see it, so
3: we'll tell you. I We'll tell you
0: what you land on.
3: You know, if you've got hot pipes, you know this stuff does the trick. So um, mm-hmm. all right, okay. Let's. See. Okay, you ready? He's got yeah, to hold
1: the bottom. Spin. I think when he okay, let me, it. let me let me get it all. Mm-hmm. Chris, Hello. you want to hold the? Oh yeah, I'll
3: give you. A... Yeah. Okay, ready? Yep. Yep. All right.
1: Are you ready? Design a bomb hole logo in under two minutes for free. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here you go. Here you go <laughs> okay, we got design
0: a bomb hole logo. <laughs> All right, that's under it. Under two minutes. <laughs> you got something hard? <laughs> 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 and again, the last part is for free. Also, that's on there. So I hope your our verbal contract is... Uh, we're in agreement. with is, that. This pen's
3: nice. It's a point zero 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 two Sharpie, you know, for letting the, writing the Lord's Prayer on the head of a pin. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is real nice, you know, for a, a bomb hole logo in two minutes, you know. I mean, shit, don't. Listen, you're, you're pissing up the wrong rope, <laughs> fucking around with this kind of stuff. You don't, don't want to go to war with the DDC because I will fuck you
0: guys up. <laughs> We're gonna get a fifty thousand dollars invoice <laughs> well, in uh, I a mean, well, couple of well, days. Shows up in if the we mail. We have a
3: couple minutes. Why did you? What, what does the bomb hole mean? Because what I think of this. This is what I think about. I was known to do a little excavating in my day, you know. I'd hit a jump, and I would. I remember being told one time, like, just let him get the footage first, just,
1: just, 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 <laughs> <laughs> just, before just, you do a bomb <laughs> hole. Go <laughs> thing up.
3: I'd slide out, you know, and fuck it all up. Yeah. Is that kind of what... That's that's what the bomb hole is. And it has a
1: double meaning, too, because it's also
0: like, you know, hard times in someone's life. We've
3: gone there.
1: We talk about life bomb holes. Yeah, life bomb holes. And
0: then also going back to when you're thinking of a name for a podcast, we had all these different names, right? We had... had, you know, boots on the ground, street. Uh, there is. I actually have a list on my phone. We should. Like we 50. should talk about. It's, it's like, like fifty. 50. Yeah. Buds and I are going back and forth. We're trying to figure out the name, and ultimately, we wanted something that we could build into a brand yeah, that yeah, we yeah. could put a, a Logie on. You know, and um, yeah. and put on a t shirt, and and that's it. So,
3: so I can break this pen. Watch it.
0: <laughs> and also we had to have something that wasn't already
1: taken from yes. the instance, like the www.everything's mm-hmm. been registered. It's also, it, the
0: thing, it's also a great job, you can call it the B-hole if you want to. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Fun.
1: It's fun, <laughs> all right, all it's fun
3: right. for the whole family. Really. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, mean, I, I remember, you know, uh, one of my greatest snowboard memories um, with Josh Dirksen. There was a jump way over in Rainbow Chair. Can't remember the name of the drum. It's either a mushroom or a something, but it was like this big roller. You go like this. There's a little bit of a zip zap to to a little tranny to land in, right? A little transition, and you had to kind of hit it, you know. But it's like pretty flat, and I just hit like just above the transition and just kind of skid it out and just kind of slid into the powder. And you know, there's Dirksen at the top of the hit going. Y'all right, dropping one? Because I just was getting out, you know, like, oh, shit. Like, I hit this thing and kind of cased and then slid out. I was all right, all right, you know, into the edge of the trees, you know. Clean all the fucking goggles up and all the shit. Get the snow out of everything. Unstrap and get out of the way. And I just watch him drop into the little thing, flip to fakie. I don't even know if I'm even talking about this right. So he drops in, flips, goes to fakie, and does the smoothest full cab mm-hmm. and lands perfectly on the transition mm-hmm. and just rides up to me and looks at me and goes y'all right man that looked like the and i was like uh that guy was so nice and so smooth yeah, and you're all right, so, right he's got
0: that like cowboy yeah. voice
3: <laughs> well like um you know like just a genuinely nice person yeah. but probably the, one of the most i mean definitely the most talented yeah. up on that hill um when smooth. we when Forward we control. when we moved to bend um Dirksen and, um, a kid named Jason McAllister would come over from, I think Eugene, where they're from, um, and spend the night on our floors. And like, listen, these, I had party roommates and I had all kinds of roommates and whatever. I was always working late at some pizza job, but I remember those guys going to bed at like nine 30, 10 o'clock because they were getting up at five stretching and getting up to the mountain when it opened. So that was in him from the very, very, you know, get go, you know, um, but that, that, I mean, I fucked that landing up pretty good that day, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. the bomb hole. That's but you know what, there should be leeway there, because I wasn't trying to become one of these things. True. I you know? wasn't, I just, that wasn't, you know. You were
1: just enjoying the culture.
3: Well, I mean, I, you know, when, when I got to know, like, I remember Stan Evans telling me, by the way, Stan Evans, What? I mean, is he still around here?
1: He's like in New York shooting okay, photos. yeah,
3: I mean, but I always liked him, and I always, we always would go pretty deep on things, and. Cool guy, and 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 um, him telling me a story about the Wasatch sort of like fights out here and shit, and he'd build a booter. Oh, and the did, drama! You know, oh, yeah. And, and then and I, I know it's probably all lore for you guys, but I never experienced any of that shit. Like you know, one of my partners from my old job, or, or just I had this studio for ten years before I got into the backyard. When he goes and surfs on the coast, you run into that kind of tribalism out there. This is the Oregon coast. Like like a, like a couple weeks ago, he'll you know he'll run into these little things. And you know, then getting to know Andy and you know Andy Wright telling me about you know it's real weird here. And then like certain um, rails, you know, because I know Salt Lake was all about the rails. Certain rails were like kind of owned and things. I mean, it's just very exhausting, you know. But yeah, like Stan was
1: exhausting. Well, Stan <laughs> was
3: telling me how he got like some fights and shit, and I just was like, but why? I get it because you're trying to sell it to the next thing, but that's just not the world I came from. Yeah. When we were at Bachelor, when you'd see Eggy rip by. He was just there riding. I didn't get to go on the trips with those guys. They yeah. went on, that's that's the, uh, the whole other world of paid, you know, expense reports and shit. That's just not the world I have. So there is a part of me that's very thankful that it was only like, wow, we, we just get to go, you know, I don't even know. Oh, there mama. it is. We got there a Logie. We got <laughs> a Logie. But I mean, I, who, who made this logo? Did, who made Dave the- Doman. Oh, Dave Dolman. Let me get a word in here about Dave Dolman. One of my very, very favorite Salt Lakeans right there, Dave Dolman. Oh, man. How, how fast can we get him down here? Hey, I,
0: I got something for you. So Dave, just living with Dave for a long time, uh, he always, uh, yo, he was one of the first people I ever saw with field notes. He always looked up yeah. to you. Uh, he'd always talk about draplin and all this. So, so I, I called Dave before this, uh, and we got, <laughs> a, we got a guest question from Dave. So here we go.
4: Hi guys, this is Dave Dillman, here to ask Drapalyn a question about his process in artwork. I'm curious, when you get a job or start work on something, do you start on the computer or do you start with pen and paper, pencil and paper, or something else? And please explain your process a little bit, and is it different every time or is it always the same? And one last part of the question, how did you get so dope? (laughs) (laughs)
0: His, his original question was, can I just ask him, how did he get so dope?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's easy to answer. Some things are just given to you by the grace of the universe. I'll do the second part. No, I don't know. I, <laughs> I love that guy. I mm-hmm. loved his creativity and his weirdness and his just smile. And I know when he got hurt, it was weird because a little bit of Dave Doman got mixed up and some wires crossed. So to hear him, see him last couple of years, he'd come to some, you know, some talks and stuff with. To see those guys show up with Liz and Tonino. I've always been a fan of Tonino all these years back. Big fan of Liz. I mean, very, very nice people. And, um, you know, see that he's doing better. There should be a whole podcast with just Dave Doman, you know, and and just because that's that, that's a scary thing that happens to people because mm-hmm. I didn't want to lose what I loved about him, which was just this sort of irreverence, this, like, complete lack of, like, trying to climb a ladder and shit, right? That's what I loved about him. So to answer your question there, Dr. Doman, um we can just keep going too. We'll just you know we'll make we a little, got little logies bomb. We'll coming go, all over the place. So I always start in paper, and it and it it really isn't here in the field notes. So you know you see me here sketching little leaves and little goodies and stuff. But it starts here because my hand is just that much more free here, and these are all bits that I do. You know, I get asked this question a lot, right? But it, it really is free here. Like I can just get things down quicker and then basically you're gunning for architecture. This is just a blueprint for later on, right? That's the way I look at it. Now listen, I can I can climb in to the kids. Who's the kid in the back? Uh Drake, our designer. So, I met Drake this morning, sorry. So I can ju- I can jump into Drake's machine and just like start with like a white page and just fresh, nothing on it and go. But it's easier if you've got somewhere to start. So I can get just a lot more going there. And you know, to answer that, it's like there's a safety to this, you know? And it, I mean, it's, I just, I've just been sketching on my life at Lee just took me up to Mount hood and she wanted to go to this one place, this winery to sit and look at the mountain. It was beautiful. And like, I've lived there for you know, 18 years in the city, you know? And it's like it's 20 years now. And it's like, hood is 45 minutes away and I forget, you know, it's so beautiful up there and just so and it's such a lucky place to be. Well, to sketch that or to sketch, you know, to just take notes of how to get here, you know, from your thing. It's like, it's one thing buried in my phone, but this thing is always right here, always right here. And, and when I start something, I like to listen. So if you hire me to make a logo, I'm going to listen to your input. I'm going to listen to stones, whatever. And we're just going to do these things where it's like, all right, you know, what do I need to, to, to watch out for? What are you guys afraid of? What are you guys celebrating? That starts on paper. And then to go and take a look at who you compete against, right? So if I had to look at the bomb hole and make you a logo, we have to look at all the snowboarding-based sorts of things, okay? Let's not just limit ourselves to that. What's the next step past that? And you might list a bunch of things that you're into. Well, we just make sure that you have something to aspire to. Because here's the deal. If this thing did take off, like it is and gets even crazier than just kind of snowboarding and all the sort of like secondary and tertiary sort of connections that you guys have, this spider web of all your friends and stuff. Well, what does it look like when it competes with other things? So it needs to really think about that, you know? So it's like, you know, that's where I start that process of just like listening and then making notes and having something to reference. Cause I just forget the conversations, right? So I'll go back and be like, here's the date when I talked to this person. Oh, okay now it comes back and she was concerned about this and he was concerned about that and then i you know start there you know and then of course when i look at what's been going on around something you just get on the paper and start going and sometimes i'll nail it and if i nail it it's just a photo with my iphone air, air dropped into my machine so get a snip of it in illustrator and start building it and before you know it it's just it's just it's it's mindless you're just you're just doing production at that point versus feeling around the dark, you know, and like, you know, I don't know, we're like trying to hit some target. This gets me there quicker, right? So it's just been a crutch. My, my dad was a chronic doodler, so he'd be, as a salesman, he'd be on the phone, you know, sealing a deal and bullshitting and stuff, and he always had paper and pens and just, just sketching and doodling, right? Um, so it's in me. It's in me, and I do the same stuff, you know, and, and to watch my, like, I have a nephew out in Portland, my little sister Leah is there, and Jacob, and um, that's her almost, my almost brother-in-law. Um, and then, you know, little Oliver. To watch him draw and learn has been one of the greatest things in my life. You know, to see him, you know, stop and go sketch. So he wanted, you know, he wanted to make his own YouTube, kids' YouTube logo. And he got his little field notes out of his backpack. And he started to sketch, and he brought it to me. He goes, here's what I'm thinking. Like, I put that into him. You know what I mean? Wow. It was really cool. You know, and this is a quick little moment, you know, instead of just like snapping his fingers at me and saying, make it. Cause he, he's watched me in his 11 years, you know, bring shit to life, you know, on my machine, you know, and it's real fun because when he'll wear one of my little space shuttle graphics to school or something, you know, the teacher was like, where did you get that? I'm a big fan of Aaron Draplin. You know, he made that, she goes to this whole thing. He goes, that's my uncle you know, so he says to me, he goes, you know, you're famous. I said, don't you ever forget it, you little rat. You know, whatever. You know, but, you know, I, just, I just go, no, 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 no. Oliver, I make a graphic. I print a bunch of shit up. I give them to friends. We sell some all over the world. And then, you know, you wear it. and She sees it. She, her kid bought one. You know, that's how that shit works. But just, you know, so you know, because, you know, he's being raised in this TikTok world where they're mm-hmm. wrapping their head around you know, that suddenly an 11-year-old can monetize things, you know, and shit. I mean, which is ca- kind of real, right? So I just kind of try to, you know, tell him, like, hey, man, you can sketch and make anything you want. So if you want to build out this kick-ass set, start there. You know, this goes here, this goes there. I mean, as I look around here, I keep going back to that shitty video camera up there out of a skateboard deck. That's the best thing you have in here. I don't know who made I that. I made that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Fucking <laughs> rules. Okay. You. Well, you know, it's like I just keep going back to that thing, you know, and it's like, you know, that Dunkin' Donuts over there, if that thing goes missing today, sorry. <laughs> but,
1: uh. Sorry. Hey. I saw in one of your talks, um, you were designing a logo, and you talked about, like, if you're designing a good logo, this is what your artboard looks like. And at first, oh, it was, yeah. like, one logo, and then you yeah. backed out, and there was, like, a hundred versions. Yeah. And
3: well, that was pretty interesting to me. You know, what, what you can't do on paper, you can do a lot of revisions and little goodies. That's you know, I'm trying to think if I have something here that shows, you know, like, we're really banging out a bunch of stuff. Um if it isn't just sketching, it's making a list of stuff that I got accomplished in a day. That's a big thing to me to stay, start my day and say August 13th, I went through nine or ten things, right? And it's like that just keeps keeps me kind of grounded that, like, you know, I'm a zero inbox guy, right? So zero inbox means if there's nothing in the inbox – and The last time I got down to the teens is when I had my appendix out in 2011, because people thought I was going to fucking die. You know, they kept they just backed off from having to send these emails that say, "Did you get my email?" Yeah, I got your fucking email. I got every email since 1997. Well, people backed off, and I got down to the teens. Now, about two months ago, I've been riding high. I got down to 35 emails that just need to be dealt with. Right, so there's like this barometer. It's usually around 100. All summer long was under is 50 and 55. So it's a chart. Now, that's in my email now on now there's limitations there on paper i can go crazy but when you get into the machine you can go infinite right and that is a privilege it's not something that we really um, champion enough that how lucky we are to do that yeah. paper has a has a You don't a, have
0: Apple Z on the on the has frequency. a limit
3: right has a limit and the idea that like when you get inside there there's an edge there can be no edge so to work quick, I size that up quick. Push it over, dupe it, make a little tweak. Hmm. Put a little arrow so you just know your direction. Make another one, trick it out. 17 of those, what, 10 seconds each time? Who knows, a couple minutes each time, maybe a half hour later. You've refined that thing down, but you have your lineage. And you can go back to where you started and start over in a different direction. So I have these like tree branches inside documents. You save that document. All that bullshit's there. You grab the 10 things you dig. You start another document, and you keep on going. And by the time you do that, it's like a game. You have gone pretty far. What we tend to do is we tend to be very precious inside that stuff and say, this thing lands on this artboard, and I'm going to tweak it. I'm going to tweak it and save over it. So the first time that some, like a, a client of mine said, man, I liked last week, and I had to go back and remember what i made it, i didn't quite get it right i learned the lesson there lineage yeah i mean we're afforded that it's not it's you know that's why i love this stuff so much like that's just not the way it is when you're selling insurance you know or whatever that people make lots of money on or day i don't even know what people make lots of money on i'm you know that a W max thing i just filmed my ninth talk and it's this big deal and there's Tonight I have to get a hotel because I just have all the social media requirements I have to do. Like I sign these contracts and like you know, they want me to take videos of me saying, come see it. You know, it's all work. It's all little assets. But I will never complain about any of that because whether or not I made lots of money and I did all right, I saved it. <clears throat> or I didn't make shit and I was just able to get away with it. Both are okay. But I got to do it on kick-ass stuff. A beautiful computer, a clean desk, Big, you know, you know, not what is it? BBWs, BBMs, big beautiful monitors. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like them. A little extra, a little extra real estate, if you know what I'm saying. So, you know, remember those Apple 30s came out? Mm-hmm. 2,500 bucks a piece. I drained an account to buy two of those. So I just understood the quality, the efficiency of like not having to move a window. You click too many things. You know, it's hard for me to work when I'm on the road because it's on this little thing on my laptop. I still can do it because I learned how to use the little spaces, you know, where you go put your iTunes and your shit on this space, number six, and just arrow through. Keep the first one just to work, right? right. Your tools, okay, okay. It's this. you know, I'll never complain because I just spent my career on beautiful products, beautiful stuff, beautiful things, and, and, and I need to be aware of that because artists tend to get a little poopy about Oh, it's so hard to have, be compromised and it's, the money isn't right. I mean, motherfucker, you, you, you were inside the whole time. What if you were outside? You ever worked outside? It sucks when you work outside. I've worked outside, turns out. I've washed dishes all summer up in Alaska. I have lifted molds, you know, big molds inside a factory, all summer long for manpower checks. The old guy was 64 and a half years old, and they brought us in as just basically muscle, He'd look at a, a 800 pound mold and go, that goes to C7 or whatever the fuck, you know? And it was like, we shimmy it, get on the thing, lift it up, take it over to C7, put on the thing, and he'd go, okay, now I need C8 over to this station over here. You know, we we're moving these molds around to go you know, in this factory. He couldn't do it anymore. It sucked. But I know what it's like to get hurt. I know what it's like to have a punch thrown at me. Graphic designers and artists don't know what that's like, you know? And I'll never go back to that shit. I know it's like to like not be able to sleep up in Alaska because the sun is still out. Motherfuckers are partying. Motherfuckers are fighting, fucking, and sucking, having the greatest summer of their lives, and they're going to bed at four in the morning and getting up at five thirty. I couldn't do that. I'd be sick. I wasn't a big drinker anyway, but I'd psych myself out because you know whatever. You know it's light out, and have to get up at four forty-five. And riding my bike down to the rail yard, it's cold. You know, this is this is fucking July and shit. And, and, you know, and in your in your, you don't feel good. And then you, I'm chasing a buck. So when people say things to me like, you know, how do you explain your drive? I'm never pedaling my bike down to that rail yard again. I know it's real, duh, to like boil it down like that. But I remember crying on the way there because it was just sucked. I didn't want to be around these fucking happy hikers, not all day, the rest of the summer. Rest of the summer, you know. I remember this woman, you know, I'm I'm on this train. I'm a design student. I'm not a chef, but chefs, because of the predicament they're in. I call it a predicament. Now I might offend all the chefs watching, but no, you didn't elevate yourself and get to the next damn thing. defaulted some of those guys, at least. Now we'd have these culinary students come in. They were different. They could work with people because they were learning the craft. It's not about just how you design. It's how you communicate. It's not how you cook. It's how you communicate. These fucking, you know, troglodytes or whatever, these just mean dicks who were these kind of lifer chef dudes, they'd make shit hard on people. And you could tell the A and B, that kid, she's going somewhere because she's cooking for her life watch she's gonna own a restaurant somebody this dude got in some trouble and he's owning those sorts of cooks nothing wrong with either i suppose but why was b always mean so i remember this one girl there were two kinds of servers there was the server that was there to party all summer would adhere to my stupid little request which is like just put the plates here because i have my shit down to a science i have 11 moves to make why make it 14 just deal with my 11 moves you won't hear a peep out of me and i remember she would come in this one girl take her plate, and she would do this every time. It would go tink. And she, everyone, it's on a train. You're bouncing around. Everyone else, take the plate and go like this. Because every now and then, the plate would go, wah, 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 and splash into my shit. Okay, whatever. I asked her one time, just, just set the plates in where they're supposed to go. And she, it was just a big fuck you to me. And it just, it tells you everything you need to know about that person the rest of your life. Like I, She's probably dead now. I don't care. You know, that's fine. So it's, you know, like, in that moment, you could tell the kind of creativity in someone. I'm stuck in this dish pit. I'm going to make it as efficient and as smart as you know whatever it is I. My second summer up there, the rail guy John, who was like you know our, like our foreman or something, who watched over the the train super you know uh, operations, he said, "Hey, I want you to do a seminar with all the new dishwashers because you know." Anywhere I put you, you'd understand how to size it up. You learn that by restrictions. You learn that by having to say, to capitulate to someone pushing you around. You know, so, you know, when I think back on that train or just some of those sort of things, it's like I think back to these guys who bent rules for me to make it better. I didn't want to be up there. You're in the most beautiful place in the world. But I wasn't there to fight, fuck, suck, kayak, shoot guns, and all the other cool stuff. I was there to make money. And he saw it in me. because. We have these eight-day cycles, and I would do, you do a day up on the train, day down. So that's two days. Day three, you're in, in Anchorage for the day. Four and five, on the train again. Then six, seven, eight, three days off. So the idea is eight days, four days on, four days off, so much way. On my three days, I would take another, another run for someone who was sick, trade a run. I'd get six of eight. He saw this in me. So policy was no headphones while you're washing dishes, it's, you know it's a safety concern or whatever. And this guy would bend the rules for me. And if I could, I would love to track him down and give him a bonus. Like I've done okay, mm-hmm. and just say, hey, I don't here's something, you know, whatever. Because you knew what policy was. Another guy would walk on with a clipboard. You know this fucking worm. You know, I shouldn't mention his name, but it was Jeff. And you know, <laughs> and he would just. Uh, I need to put the Walkman away, you know, over. And I just look at him and be like, man, it's a fucking dish pit. What do you care? I'm getting my job done. And the other guy would just say to me, hey, man, if that gets your job done quicker, that's creativity. I mean, whatever the company policy was, he he understood. And that guy was the greatest to work for. I still to this day love that guy. I just remember that tiny little thing. So, you know, the way that I apply that to like when a kid needs a hand or when I'm in front of these Adobe people to talk about their software, I'm not going to go to the policy thing, which is like, you know, shit on it and look tough. I'm going to try to think about how it's really gave me an incredible life. You know, I mean, it's those little moments that taught me to like, look at the other side. Someone bent a rule or someone figured out the rules so well that it made room for other stuff. You know, this is just washing dishes. Turns out I did that with snowboarding magazines. I did that with working on my own. I did that with taking care of people around me. I did that with how I bought my Volvo when I bought my Volvo, you know? So, you know, there's just ways to kind of fuck with things in creative ways, you know? All right, buds.
0: I got a good feeling this winter is going to be a great winter. We're due. What are you going to need if it's going to be a good winter and it snows a lot?
1: You're going to need an Icon Pass to really own the Stoke this season, Chris.
0: Absolutely. If you want to be the owner of the Stoke, you don't want to lease it. You want to own it. You're going to need an Icon Pass. So what you're going to want to do is head on over to IconPass.com and they're offering some great deals right now. How much are they offering the season pass for, Buds? 429 USD for the adult pass. That's a great deal. You get to ride it over 45 destinations worldwide. You get to own the Stoke. And where you, where do you pick up this pass, Buds? You're going to go to iconpass.com. Just make sure you go ahead and pick up your pass before October 15th. That's when prices go up. So, again, IconPass.com before October 15th, and you're going to own what, Buds?
1: The Stoke. You know what? I tried to rent a Stoke last year. Did not work out for me.
0: Doesn't work. You will be an owner of the Stoke. Stake your claim for the
1: 2021-22 season now.
0: So, as we're listening to all that stuff, it's super fascinating, by the way, so thank you for sharing it. But I want to know, how much importance do you put on relationships?
3: You mean professionally as far as, like, uh, when I start a project or something,
0: I, I think what, 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 as I was listening to you talk, I'll elaborate a little bit more. You're talking about you know, you know, getting to know your your, your superior in in yeah. your job, and he's letting you wear headphones. and I, And yeah. when I when I hear that, what I almost hear is you're you're kind of make putting effort into your relationships with oh, yeah, that person. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, well, when I hear you talk about the stuff with union, you know, yeah. when I hear it, so much of it is is like is kind of how how you deal with people and how you you're you're just a good person to other people you know
3: well cool yeah well you know i think the thing the the thing to think about is is there's just indulgences out there um sometimes artists and creatives and, and graphic designers they indulge in sort of this difficulty like if ethan says go up i say no i'm gonna go down yeah yeah because I'm the one who's making the call. You do your editing. You do your film and you do your shit. I'm, I'm not up there, you know. And fuck all that. You know what I mean? They're lacking vision. If I make his job as easy as I can make it for when he has to deal with me, we're smooth sailing. Might take a little more work on my part, but what is it a part of me? Because you know what? I used to pump chairlifts up and down the hill. And we knew how to make the tow shack fun. You know, there's, there were old timers in there that were just mean. So you get to see A and B. A was absolutely going to be like, "Hey, we're going to have fun with this. I'm going to have tunes up there. I had mixtapes that would like let, do my my shifts. You know, by the way, if you did a double pump on the button on the rope toe, Shaq, everyone would fall off the rope. You know, do little kids all fall. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and again, just to spice shit up. <laughs> but we made it creative. We took care of each other. So you you can do that with your life. Now, how I do that with graphic design, I hope. It's just not belly aching. Listen, I cry like anybody else. Motherfucker made a change. Motherfucker, how they picked that shitty party, whatever, you know. But I would hope, George, people have called in, Danny, whatever, that I was easy to work with, albeit maybe prickly a couple times, you know, with the grenade guys. You know, you, you quickly realize that they're just winging it like anybody else. So I can talk to them in a certain kind of way. But if we needed to make it better, I would take the extra time to do it. I have never been the kind of person just to say, you know what, it's just fucking done. I remember at the magazine, Mark Sullivan being forced to just say, I have to give the file in. And me having like compassion for him, like, fuck, I know we can make it better. Pat was always great at rewriting stuff. You know, you know, Bridges as a snowboarder and a snowboard writer, he is one of my favorite writers, but not just talking about captions and fucking, I don't know, who's sponsored. He's just a good writer Yes, and a champion fucking human. But I watched him to understand I better get my stuff done in this time. You know? So, yeah. You know, here's the thing. You just don't want to be this person that's going to make it hard on anyone because you can. Mm -hmm. That's bad craft. That's indulgent. That's being a dick. Blah, 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 blah. So, you know, if you can make people comfortable around you, you're all going to get your job done. You know, we're all aiming to make some scratch and pay our bills. Why not size it up and say, if I can, don't clink the, di- the dish. It makes it hard in my ears. Mm-hmm. Think about that all day. It's this, like this audible riff raff all day. But she just do it to me. You, know, you just tell. That person's not a, you know team player, whatever you want to call it. You know? So when I set the tone for a logo job, 500 bucks, 50 bucks, 50 grand. I always say to them, I'm yours. I'm working for you. I'm not making this for my portfolio. I'm making it for you. You wake up with it. So, therefore, let's get past you hurt my feelings. Let's get past this perception that I'm some big name with a, you know, with the book, by the way, the book is in the eighth printing, and on uh, Abrams' books, 256 pages, and 8 by 10, and sold all over the world. But, uh <laughs> motherfucker, they fucking told me it wouldn't sell past 4,500. We're in the eighth printing, 64,000. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Well, you have to understand, when you go into the big city, New York, yeah. and the guy, you know. I shouldn't call her a motherfucker. She was very nice, you know, very professional person. To Aaron, it's not going to be, you'll be lucky to get through 45. I remember saying 4,500. And I remember thinking, 4,500, that's, that's a lot of magazines. That's a lot of records. If you're like, you know, my buddy's Red Fang, heavy metal band, Red Fang. Sold, you know, first record, 3,000 copies, whatever. That's a lot of copies. All the band still makes money, you know. I remember thinking, like, being, being thankful she said 4,500 and then realizing it was a bad thing. It's only just to do one print, but I I didn't give a shit. If I sold 45, 450 or 45,000, I was going to be down with it. And just basically setting the tone with them like I am going to do everything to make this book awesome. From writing it, designing it, doing it, living it, making it, thinking it up, taking on a book tour, <sighs> giving it to kids who didn't have money at the shows. Turns out that's 25 bucks out of my pocket. I get them for Know, 17, 18 bucks, and some for 40 or whatever it was. It's money in my pocket, but I don't give a fuck. I'm so far in the black with that stuff that you know, I didn't lose anything on it. I made enough on it that there should we should be afforded the opportunity just to, just to hook a kid up. So no one ever saw that stuff, because if I saw some little shit waving her credit card, you know, just, you know, whatever, it was a pavement lyric, you know, waving her credit card in the air like she don't care, whatever it was. You know, it's like, I'm going buy the fuck out of that stuff. Hey, youngster, you're missing a couple of these, you know, because that's just going on someone's <laughs> statement somewhere. If I saw the kid digging in his wallet, hey, Rudy, and I'd do this whole thing, let these motherfuckers buy what isn't nailed down, <laughs> and then come on back, I got you. The kid, well, these kids would get a little they get a little weepy, you know. But you know what? That was done for me at the – I remember in a Jesus Lizard, this uh, um, singing outfit called the Jesus Lizard out of Chicago – that I loved this band I loved in the '90s, and I didn't have any money at the merch table. I just wanted to see the merch, and I was just looking, you know. And, and the guy was like, "You want the record?" He Gave me the record, little seven inch, you know. And it was like, Ooh, he didn't want to put it away, is what it is. But he did that for me, and I just I remember that little moment. So to answer your question about like communication and relationships, it's like I just try to be, you know. I I've 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 fallen from grace a couple times and got a little prickly or whatever, you know. Larry Nunez and I had like a you know would have our battles, and you know Larry, uh, not well. You know Larry, yeah, but, yeah you know Larry. of course, but you know but anyway he he had no problem getting past all the perception, being like hey fucker get this done, you know, and I'd be like all right, you know like <laughs> yeah hey, I hate you Larry, you know whatever I would say you know back and forth, but I miss him, I miss mm-hmm. him because he's a good little writer and he could you know get shit done and make shit happen, Larry, you know, um, but we had that relationship. That's something that you cultivate in a very crusty way Mm -hmm. but you're still like basically just trying to meet the needs of snowboard mag when i was working with the boys you know jeff baker being this diplomat such just a voice of like order amongst all the j2s and people coming to the house you know crazy that jeff i could always go to him as like a hard drive and be like where are we at and he'd just be like you know he just would know you know and then i would you know do a little bit of stretching of the truth or whatever it was to get it, you know, get it wiggling and out of stuff. But he'd be, he'd just say to me, I know you, you know, go sack out, but I need you up, you know, like someone's got to be the ringleader. Right. But the relationship there was like, I'll do whatever you need. You just have to give me the right space and then give me a little warning. So like, you know, he's kind of revving back up snowboard. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, you know, just watch over it. I can't do the hour to hour and neither could he, but we've got a crew of kids that can't. And he's got some people in place and um, can't really talk about it. But, it, you know, it should be out there. Because no, I come from the world where, uh, here we are, just a little old snowboarding. But Transworld ruled the earth. And then another mag called Snowboarder ruled the earth. This is 1990. I'm a little kid. There were a couple other ones that came out. Power Edge, if I remember correctly. Some other things. I'm you know, screwing it up. But that's all I knew. So I bought both of those things. But... I loved Medium Magazine because it had the edge that I would never get to see the cool. It's just all Jared andy's buddies up here. My very favorite photo of all time snowboarding is a picture of one of the Seths. The Seths.
1: Neary and uh, Seth Miller from the Uh, East?
3: Seth Miller. Seth Miller. It's from a Medium Magazine, and I can just draw it. It's easier to just draw. It's in New Zealand, and it's just this. And this is before I got out west, I think. But it's just this, right? And then, you know, it's just this. It's an edge, and then the plume taken off, and him like fucking out there. I don't know if he's eight feet, eighteen feet, or whatever mm-hmm. feet. I don't know. It's like the top of a wind lip or something. Yeah. Yeah. But we did not have that where I'm from. And that was somewhere down in New Zealand. And I remember just being so, and it was this big in a zine. So, you know, if medium could exist, we could make our own little crap. We, you know, I had a zine in high school called Drap Zine. And then out of that came a thing called Poke. My buddy ended up making 20 15, 20 episodes, you know, issues of the thing. And they got into music and all kinds of cool stuff. My buddy Eric Campbell. And then, you know, uh, did I add Eric Campbell to the people I'd take heli boarding, I fucking didn't, did I? I, I should have. I did. I did. <laughs> Let's Brian throw him and in Derek. That heli. He better be in that heli. We'll throw him in right. heli. What am I talking about? I'm just thinking of the first get initial him a push. In, throw him first in the heli. In it, he came out with his girlfriend, and you know it. It was just like you know he, he oh, fuck you know Campbell. So, um, I remember you know like loving that zine because like listen, if if there's no magazines right now, why? Well, there's reasons for that. So get this snowboard going. Pat with his slush get it going he hit me up I can't really work on it you know all I had to do with snowboarders is kind of revive it get you know, get some stuff out and get the little you know to get the little thing going and, and make a couple changes you know and then hand those keys to a kid and say like, go you know I'm, I can't be involved so that's really exciting because even though Transworld and snowboarder ruled the earth I had skin tight do you guys know what skin tight is? I've heard of it. Skin tight was uh, Dave England's yes. mini zine. Mini zine. I'm missing one. You know, as a guy who collected record zines and all this kind of bullshit, you know, you could have those things, you know, and and find those things and seek those things out, and this weird little completionist kind of, you know, whatever. There just needs to be that shitty thing. That's why. Who? When I worked with the mag, with the mag, snowboard mag, there were these Quebecois kids that did these funny kind of Jackassy videos called
1: Quebecois kids I Quebec. there doing was a jackass. funny name
3: to them it was a bit about 2002 4 I can't uh, remember yeah well you know Bridges would always be like oh the so and so gang and yeah. they were making this kind of like you know kind of gonzo like skits and then some you know rails and schmails and bullshits whatever it was I love that stuff because it's just you can go hold the camera and get your buddy being a fucking you know lug nut you know fucking something up or you know just being a, a, a you know whatever and that's exciting because that's that's what snowboarding really, you know, open, skateboarding, that's what I, oh, I held close. Because when I got into skateboarding, Santa Cruz ruled the earth, Powell ruled the earth, but I bought a John Lucero, which you knew the story, which was like, these are just some dudes, they're using the same shit the other guys do, but it's theirs out of their garage. And it felt crusty and indie, and it was like there was no, there was no um, license for that. So, you know, when I go back and look at my life and how I started, here's the deal these fucking jock assholes. And by the way, 27, I'm, this is my 30th year out of high school. Any jocks from my fucking class? We won. We won. We had better bands, better, better everything. Anyway, we won. Uh, <laughs> this is a little, little stock report for those fucking dipshits. But they made their, they made their decision back then. We made a decision to have a skateboard. It opened everything. You could make your own bands, your own zines, your own things, your own stuff, your own language, your own clothes. So, When I got to the magazines and I saw things becoming big. I remember one year at one of the big trade shows. Listen, people used to, it was fashionable to bitch about going to the trade show. Oh, yeah. And I remember just going, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) You know, I'm not going to name the name, but it would be Pat Bridges. No, no, it it was someone else. It was someone else in the building at Snowboarder Magazine. Some, Some surf shit. Complain about having to go to these things. And I was like, man, you eat, you drink, you get to hang out with Ricky Melnick. What the fuck <laughs> is your problem? You know, there's, there's stuff, there's things. The first one I went to, I, got a, I brought a box of stickers home in 95. I saw Tony Alva getting a fight with his girlfriend, arguing about something. Tony Alva in the parking lot outside of that thing. I was a grom just excited to get squeezed in. That's where I learned. To anyone listening, if you want to get into the trade shows, here's how you do it. One guy gets a pass. Maybe you get two passes. one guy goes in and gets your buddy's pass, and you bring each person in. After that, I've done this many times. The I'm old older. shuttle. You just do it. You know, <laughs> get him in get him and say, "Don't touch anyone. Don't delete anything. Don't whatever. Just, just, just whatever." That's how we did it, and we were in there. And I remember people complaining when I got to the magazine. And Snowboarder magazine. I was living in, you know, Del Vista, Del Taco, fucking whatever it was, sunbaked, whatever, Orange County. But we got to go to Vegas once a year. It was so fun. A gamble. Evan Rose, that pile of shit. He was all drunk and fucking whatever. And he threw down 25 bucks on some number and hit it. And that's 875, I think, is what that is. 875. I love roulette's my favorite thing. 875. And he was so drunk he started to rip up. Started to rip up the hundred dollar bills they gave. Oh my god! Wow. In my wallet, I have a shred of one of those hundred dollar bills. <laughs> and then at that same event, you know, we we're at this table. Chief was there, and Bridges, and, and and all of us from the you know from their mag. And 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 at that same session, you know, I hit my first twenty dollar bill on a, on a thirty four and was hooked forever. And that same session, Evan took his shirt off, ripped chest tear off his thing and went and sprinkling on the table for good luck and almost got us all kicked out. You know, like this fucking happened. I mean, I'm right there like laughing my ass off and you know, I don't even know what the fucking question was, but yeah, I don't know how we got there, but I like it. <laughs> but I, I, this came from a world of like, I'm just so thankful. I got to see all that stuff and not be squeezed out of some, um, you know, what everyone else is you know, doing, be it relationships, but whatever, um, I just got to see the wild side a little bit. I got to fuck up, see a uh, a rental car get fucked up beyond recognition. Pat Bridges, Pat Bridges, you you beautiful creature. I watched him hit a Mexican speed bump about eleven or twelve inches tall at fifty miles an hour. I was in the car <laughs> like at fifty. I mean, you bend. I'm you know I'm eight hundred pounds and Pat was you know, whatever Pat was one hundred and fifteen pounds. We bent the thing. I, I drove that little VW rental. He it bent was, the car. It was bent. It was fun. He hit a curb straight on. The car just kind of does this. It just kind of goes like, oh, <laughs> I hit it in the front. So, you know. I got to experience that with these fucks. It was great. Pat
1: said something interesting about you. here we go. Because you did a bunch – you've done a bunch of promo work over the years, you know. He kind of said $0 or $50,000. That's kind of what Draplin's program is with clients. Yeah. Use your mouse finger for good, I think you heard you say at your shows. Um, You want to elaborate on how that process works? Yeah,
3: there's just the idea that, like, some of the greatest stuff I've ever made came with a big asterisk of, like, there's a chance we're not even going to happen. That comes from skateboarding and snowboarding Because when I got to go to that first trade show And see all that stuff going down There were all That was in the sea of like Member 95 And how old are you? So.
1: I am. Uh, I don't like to date myself on air Paul or editor, let's
3: cut this number out uh. So that's three I thought you were up close to my age So that's three years difference Because the idea is if you said you were 50 Because we're coming up on 50, my, my set, right? Um, if, w- were you at the trade show in 95?
1: Yes. Okay. Okay. Since almost everyone since 93.
3: Okay. So check it out. So you were at the trade show in 95 doing it up. There were like 500 snowboard brands. Yeah. Shove it, skate, scam, sh- scam, sh- 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 you know, it's 20 S's. I remember. And I got a sticker from each one of them. And we're just excited, you know, to be around all this cool stuff, you know, and, and that quickly, you know, got eaten up and it was just like, If that could happen there, how did those things start, you know? Well, they weren't even with budgets. They were just on a whim with a bunch of buddies. So I got to see that. So when when someone come to me and they have the kind of tail between their legs, like, we just don't have a big budget, like, that's just not a dirty word to me. I mean, obviously, I can't pay my Wells Fargo rent and shit with little budgets, but why is that a dirty word? Well, union started small, and it turned into a sizable deal for me. Coal started small but it was a risky thing, you know, snowboard. Shit. There were years where there was really, you know, I, I remember having to fight those guys and be like, listen, I have to be paid because I have to, I have like, you're staying at my house, you know, <laughs> so those guys didn't even get paid for the first couple of years, but you know, these bakers and you know, Nunezes and shit. So I love that. I love that stuff. So I just keep that space open because designers or just probably good, solid business people, they're good at saying no. And I'd rather be, Good at saying yes and being creative with that. Now, listen, something comes down the line, some fucking energy drink or something, don't call. I'm not interested, you know? It's just not my jam, you know? Uh, craft beer, insufferable. I'm not, it's just not my, I don't, you know, the little, here's the dark one and here's the medium <laughs> one. Here's the red one, here's the light <laughs> one. <that laughs> does this stuff with their lives? Well, people do, and I, I'm just not interested. So, you know, when some kid comes to you and says, here's our idea, what do you think? We don't have a big budge. It's like, well, then what can you do? So.
0: I have a perfect segue because uh, I know that you basically made the drink water logo very recognizable. Well, let's. Well, I, ha- I have a guest question from Brian Fox. But well, let's I, hold on. What do you want to say?
3: I didn't make it. They made it. I just tuned
0: it up. Okay. Yeah. So, still, but I, I've, yeah. I've heard that this was on the um, more uh, lower side of budgets. So, yeah, Brian but Fox, let's, cool. let's get this question from B Fox. Here we go.
4: Hey, how you doing, bomb hole listeners? Hi, Chris. Hi, Stone. Uh, hello, Aaron. Aaron, I would like to know how you got from the space of being a graphic designer for other companies uh, doing logos and type fonts and what 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 you do. And uh, at what point did you think, shit, I I make all these things. I could just make them for myself. And at what point did you, do you turn that into Draplin Design Co. as a Merch company alongside a design company. And was that awkward? What do you know? Were you like, oh shit, what if someone doesn't want to walk around with my name on their chest? Or, you know, tell us the viewers about what that felt like. And maybe now that's also like how everyone is changing their life into they are a brand. Everyone is a brand. Maybe that's disgusting. Maybe it's wonderful. Thank you. Enjoy your day. Thanks uh, for. Always having an interesting insight,
3: Aaron. Goodbye. I love that. I love that guy, man. He's always been cool. He, you know, he's one of those guys that thinks before he speaks. You know, he just stops himself and he'll have this really sort of, there's an interesting angle to be Fox. They're just, it's, um, I don't know what to make of him sometimes because he just has, he'll come, he'll come out of option A, B, and C. A is always like, I'm going to do whatever it takes us to get to the top of that thing. He gives me a lot of D's and E's, and I, I always like that about him. He's just a thoughtful character. So that's me being nice, but let me actually get down to the brass tacks with that motherfucker. You ready for this? <laughs> no. um, I think the thing, you know, like, once again, you know, drink drink water. I don't think I was paid. I just like the idea that they were doing that. I, I love a Coke as much as anybody else, but I know it'll fucking mess you up, you know. Um, I got to get away from that shit. When I do, I drop, I drop weight. But when I'm having one, what? Not every day but in a couple of weeks, you know, it's like, it just, it's something, but I have friends who've just said no to all of it and really see some changes, not just in being big or whatever, but you see changes in lots of other things. And it's like the idea that some energy drink is going to kind of tell you it's energy shmenter, just bullshit. It's just sugar water, right? Those guys to have a a political perspective on that, not about just what you're putting in your body, but about how to make money. That's really inspiring about that guy. So try to, you know, I, 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 that's why I love to contribute anything to that. And really all I did was just do a tune-up to make sure everything was sort of like just sound mechanically, right, spaces and stuff. So to answer his question, you know, here, here's the thing. As graphic designers and as makers, it's, you know, when I worked for Nixon, you'd make a T-shirt and then they would sell a shit whack of them through the Pacific Sun. was it Pacific it's Sun? Sun. yeah, Sun. Sorry, it's been a while, but Sun channel. If you were able to get in there, you could slay it. And they would have these like either eight by eight or six by six cubes. And you'd go up and be like, there's six things. You get two DCs, one uh, Etnies, you know, a couple skate brands, a couple things. And then, you know, Nirvana or whatever the fuck it was, right? You know, there's just these classic things, a smiley face, okay, whatever. I remember we had a Nixon and it was dictated. We need a royal blue shirt with a white Nixon. Okay, done. Our color was red, but it was just like this whole shot, you know? And we learned the commerce side of this stuff. So here's the thing. I would make my fun stuff for myself just because, because I liked it. it. you know, Field Notes comes from a place where it wasn't because I was trying to make a business, it's because I didn't have my own. My heart was broken when I would go to the art store and it would be these convoluted bullshit things that were expensive and dumb and just, and basically trumped up, but that's a shitty word. Basically built up, built up to be something more than they were and then it's 15.99 for this book when it should just be like Muji. You know Muji, IKEA-ish. Mm-hmm. Muji is this Japanese brand, very utilitarian, beautiful. Their little memo, memo book is probably Buck 99 or 299. And you, you go through them and you use them and you go buy another one, and it's beautiful stuff, but it's a fair price. They make it for next to nothing somewhere far away, but it's this sort of a democratization of design, right? So you know, for me to have that first taste of like, I can make my own shit. I mean, you're tasked with doing it for Nixon because that's your job through Cinco Design. And I did my job. It wasn't that hard. It was fun. It was always cool. People got to travel and all. Okay, okay. But there's, there's, we didn't make that money. When I made some goofy graphic, be it DDC on my shit or whatever, and you make that buck, that is the sweetest dollar you will ever make. It's not about getting ahead as much as it's like I can stop it, start it, control it, do everything. I can't talk about it on the air, but I work for a, a small tech company that rhymes with Schmapple. Okay, they make iPhones. I'll never be able to talk about the project. That's what you run into the world I get to work in sometimes. Never get to even talk about it. Nope, you sound an NDA this thick. I don't know if you can get that into the wide screen there. It's scary. That sucks. I want to talk about working for Apple, but I can't ever talk about it. Fine. When you make your own shit. All you get to do is talk about it. All you get to do is say, hey, take a hat, have a thing, whatever. And it is moving to me now that in my life this much is merch. Why? Because it's bullshit Suns and peace. I bought you guys some stickers for your skate doors. I love it. Skate dorbs and your 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 fucking split boards and your goddamn wiggle biggles and your goddamn snake boards and all the shit you guys are. It's fucking skiing. By the way, my name is Aaron James Rap. I'm 47 years old. I need to just on the air while we're here. Just let you guys know that I just did a set of skis. And I'm trying to come to terms with it. Something, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay now in this world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's these all fucking right. these fucking pole bangers with their goddamn you know, I'm not gonna go as far as saying snow snow blading on snow. I'm not gonna go that far. I'm not gonna go there. But my buddy Fank, my buddy Fank from Ride, he works for J Ski's and he called me up and said, just drop him, shut up. It's I don't you know he's right. It's a new world. You know what, man? If they're riding right, if they're riding this 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 thing, this this table down the hill and they're outside, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. That's, That's the mentality. I know.
3: But I just remember.
1: A different time. <laughs> I just
3: remember being proud of the fact that we made the hill fun. Yep. And then they were, you know, they weren't. But you know what it comes back to? 1990 and some assholes giving each other medals and looking, shitting on us. That's stupid. That's 32 years ago. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Know? We won, by the way. We won. So when you make these little things and they're just goofy little things, here's the idea. You know, to answer his question, it's like, Brian's you know. When you go into it and say, I just want to make a dumb little skull thing. Now, whether or not someone likes this because it's a funny little skull, I don't, I'm not really concerned. The biz, there is no business plan. It's just fun to make something that says skull, right? And the idea that you put these things out there, it's like you have to be open to the fact that you're probably going to lose all the money on this thing. What happens when you start to sell a couple? That is just the, just the right amount of taste in your mouth to be like, this could be something. So, you know, for me to make... This junk, which is just about going on. This was a B-side, by the way, for a big festival that they just passed over. I saw something in it. I saw a mountain of this shit. And the idea is what, the psychedelic outside? It's psychedelic here in Utah. It's psychedelic in Idaho, you know, whatever. I'm going into Wyoming tonight. But this means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. There is This is not brought to you by Nike or anyone It's by the DDC. It's a non-entity, whatever you want to call it. And I don't even have a DDC logo on it, but it's just meant to be like this most – we used to make things like this. So when you get that blood, the taste of that blood in your mouth of like, I don't even have to work for snowboard brands. I don't have to work for any kind of brands. I can just be my own mess, and that becomes a brand in itself. And then your tenants are like saying yes, and your tenants are saying, I'm going to keep these things at fair prices. Here's where the rubber meets the road. These are two dollars They're not five ninety nine. dollars Now, I go on the road with that. I got a you know van full of posters and shit out there because we're going to this big show in Fort Worth. Those posters are $25 at the show, $30 at the show, whatever. They're not $130. Now, I get pissed because this is where the indulgences come in. Hey, they're screen printed, aren't they? Oh, They're fucking screen printed. They're lovingly toiled over by whatever. You know, yeah, Oh, yeah, they're lovingly toiled by my buddies at Caesar Palace. Oh, they're made by one of the greatest living graphic designers of his generation. Whatever, fuck, get past it. I made it, whatever, gives a fuck. By the way, kicker, it's a fair price. Because you can take any one of those right there and start adding ones and zeros. I don't do that shit. And I have built an empire, small, on ethical pricing and ethical, hopefully, behavior, you know, and how to just say, you know what? I don't. This is dumb as shit. Pizza slice, you know. But you're gonna put that on your god, that big triple chamber graphics bong you have at the house. And then, <laughs> you know, your, your, be, your better half has to pull so the carp. What six a perfect place b- for b- b- it. B- whatever. I I, I, I got to get into that stuff because you know I I you know, I see these guys with the vape units and shit and little, little blue lights. I I I just want like, you know, I want some little fun thing to stick in my mouth like that. But this was just because I love a piece of pizza. <laughs> but here's the thing. When you're 45-year-old fucking buddies, you're 47, you go, Draplin, another goddamn, you know, like, what, what, what is this? You know, listen, when an eight-year-old comes up to your table, merch table, and he's like, Dad, can I get the space shuttle? Because he just learned about the space shuttle. That is the fucking coolest thing going. Because it's not about hip, cool, ironic. It's kind of ironic what I do, you know. Why work for a client when you can just not necessarily rake all the money and just have complete control, you know, and make little, little goofy little general things like this. When you see it become something for someone else, that's really exciting because that's what you're trying to get to. Remember, you guys come from snowboarding, you're in it, still doing this stuff. Stay healthy, rip it up, land those tricks, all that shit. But that's very, that's far away from me, that world. It's like, you know, I don't know. It's like there's, when you get that little taste in your mouth of like, I don't have to have a license to do this stuff. I can, I can get outside of that world and make things that can become many, many things. When we're in the snowboarding world, sometimes it's only for us. And that scared me when I was in that world because the language, so good up there, dude. Fuck, man, I'm so sick of hearing that shit. You know, there's a big world that this stays on flat ground. You know, things called cities, you know, places, you know, with like cement. And stuff. I get it. But when you make stuff that goes for someone in the Midwest, that isn't just up on a mountain. It was really exciting for me. So, you know, to see these numbers and whatever these things mean now, the idea that I was even able to get to 50% of my intake with this stuff, that is, what, 40% more than I ever thought I'd do?
1: So 70% of what you do is it's, your it's own. About 60%, 60% like percent yeah. is and merch. Then,
3: and then, what, you know, the idea is when you start picking them off, then you get a big old field note in there. The crew in Chicago, thank you. You know that's. Incredible. Are you still part of Field? Number? Yeah, 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 yes. yeah. Um, you know, and then you get a big old skill share with all these classes and courses that I teach on the road, speaking, speaking, speaking about myself. I know megalomania, all that shit. But we were talking numbers. We were talking some of the privileges I've had and all the numbers. Before the pandemic, I was getting up to four hundred. I was at four fifty-five or something shows I've done in the last ten years. So if you break that down, that's an average of forty-five shows a year, right? Sometimes two a week, three a week. Okay. Somewhere in there, you get down to this little appendage. Look at this little zoom in on that shit there. (laughs) You get to this little shit appendage, and that's called client work. That's my smallest thing now. Wow. And sometimes they are giant. Evan and I, Evan Rose, you know, uh, running for mayor of Burlington next year. I want to announce it right now. That's not
1: true. No, it's not true (laughs) Fuck Evan
3: Rose. Anyway, my DDC (laughs) business manager, Evan Rose, we're working on a big project right now. I can't talk about it, but if we can get it, we'll talk about it. But He's he, your business manager. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Here's the thing. When something comes in that's too big for me to wrap my head around, I bring in the big Bring pumps. in Evan. Because Evan knows how to do it. He did it at Burton for all yeah. those years. He just knows how to, he sees what I don't see. I, you know, go right into all this nerdy design shit. But um, Evan, yeah. So we've done a couple big jobs that way. And then he takes a cut and he continue, He works for the Sanders Institute, Bernie Sanders, you know, Senator Bernie Sanders. That's what he does and, and works for that team in Burlington where he lives. Um, but I bring him in and we knock these things out sometimes and it's like, That just gets away from me, you know? But it's like, that is still within just one little knuckle, pretty much. The rest of this stuff, the manifesting. Here's the fun part about this. To do something like this, to do stuff like these, when this goes to a church, and we're not, they don't say the word motherfucker like the rest of us do. It just goes to some general idea of saying, hey, be nice to each other. It elevates past the world I even know. Or, goes to some youth group, that's pretty cool to see the power of this stuff, right? So, I do a lot of those things, and on top of that, have the ability to just say, here's the graphic, print as much as you want, strip the DDC off it. I just like the idea of putting a heart out into the world, just just give this to a, what, a six-year-old, who, by the way, is going to change the world because they're going to get past all the fucking garbage that we were given, right? And maybe this can be one little thing to just talk about that, right? You know, whatever that means. So, that's really interesting to me. And not, you know, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. we're pretty small and
0: tribal in our in our little snowboard community here, and it's it's cool that you've uh, kind of zoomed out, got the bird's eye view, and those are much bigger messages of life that anybody can relate to. You've gotten, you know, you you haven't got your horse blinders on. You're like looking at the thing from a, from a bigger point of view. Well,
3: and maybe if you if you sco- I mean, sure, that's me getting a little grandiose, right? Mm-hmm. But if you scooch back in for a second and say, wait. I just want to make cool merch mm-hmm. and sell cool merch and just call it. That's okay too. Because sometimes it's just that. So, like, you know, we do these merch shows in Portland, where it's just people getting a little buzzed, having some, you know, $17 pineapple drink, <laughs> you know. And by the way, why is it people who ask for a deal, you know, the stickers are three bucks. It's like, you know what? You get five of them 10 bucks, who cares, you know, whatever. Everyone who always asks for a deal is always carrying some $17 pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go a little further, you you look a little past it, you know, and you kinda go, You're wearing a fucking two hundred and fifty dollar Arc'teryx jacket. No, no, even better than that. A four hundred dollar Arc'teryx. you get the fuck out of here. You know? <laughs> Looking
1: I, for a discount on well, a I' Well, just gonna say, you know
3: what, <laughs> I'll just give to the next kid, Herbie, whatever you want. Watch, buddy. Grab it, pick it, you know, and just walks away with some free shit. I'm going, i oh, get out of my fucking table because, you know, <laughs> something my just, table. It's, it's fucking weird. <laughs> like it can just be that sort of immediate too because a lot of people make their living that way. So, we, you know, I, I like to have, you know, all across the board. It's like I have a new website coming and you get to see everything for the first time. My website was built in 2002 or something. It's old, crusty, but still generates this much out of my mess with PayPal links. You can't even find the shit. Guess what it's going to work on? Are you guys ready for this? Some 2022? It's going to work on phones. How about that? <laughs> you know what else it's going to work on, man? <laughs> iPads. How about that? So Boo. We're in trouble. It's going to be cool. And that's I developed it all summer long with my buddy Gonzo out of Gresham. And my little, my little Moonbeam Lee, you know, is doing all this sort of um, the sales side of it because she does all the merch shipping for us. Can we keep our lives small and then be able to offer all this stuff? You know, I have over 100 hats now. I have over 100 patches, 100 stickers. And it's all fair priced, you know. So, we'll keep doing that cuz we get to k- turn it off and turn it on when we want, you know. Now when Evan Broker is the big deal, it's off to the races. That's still just inside here. It's ter- this is the scariest thing I have, you know, cuz they can start me, stop me, break your heart. I just had a job fall through the cracks that might have been upwards of 200 grand. I'm not saying Damn. that. It's a big a boom, you know. I don't know. <laughs> got to get some of that Wasatch style war shit here. Wasn't there a guy that had a puma on a chain in the backyard from Tech Nine? Wasn't he? Wasn't there someone like that?
1: A puma on a chain. Yeah, we
3: built we built that up in our brains MFM
1: they, or something. I don't something to that. Effect.
3: I don't. I don't know what. The, I don't know what the puma acronym, on a chain. Well, I like really, that. You know, it was kind of a Scarfaceian sort of a thing because we'd always say, "What's up with that Tech N- Tech Nine ad?" You know, whatever, and I'd say, "Who's the guy that's got like?" A porcelain, you know, like ocelot or something in his driveway. You have to go in there. I don't know where I'm going. What's an to? ocelot? I don't even know. I don't even know. But, you know, like some kind of like scarface. Like, I remember Larry. Like a statue type of thing? Uh, yeah. yeah, no. Just like, you know, just like a lot of flash, and a, lot of, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of bling, a lot it's of like. It's probably Something to this effect. You know, like, like you, know, you know, we had this joke. It was right around the time when that. There was a tiger in the, a tiger in the shitter and the hangover or something. Oh yeah, we'd build it up in our heads that these kids at in in Tech Nine had like these big mansions and shit in Salt Lake and you know and whatever. I don't know. I I I wish that was the case. I met a lot of those dudes. I mean, (laughs) um, 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 but nevertheless, yeah, 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 yeah. The style. You got to be careful in Utah. There were style wars. You know, you know, East Don't owned Tech
0: Nine. I know. I know. Just just double-check it. Just being very gentle here.
3: (laughs) But no, what what I will say, there is sort of a quality of like these kids that were all hip hopped out and shit. You know, it was kind of like Utah, man. I was from Portland. What's the Portland? What's the Portland? Oh, this little skinny Jean, you know, coffee, you know. Hey, listen, I know, and it's like until you get me, you know, in the husky section at Target, you know, shopping for some bullshit, you know. (laughs) So you know all this stuff. You come here and you get to see all the hikers and the bikers and the what what a maniacs (laughs) and shit. But um, yeah, we had that built up in our mind of like, you guys just had, you guys had a real point of view, I guess is what I'm getting at, you know.
1: So I wish we had been very uh, as forward thinking about our logo as, uh, in our design as uh, you were. I
3: remember you guys, I still have a Tech 9 binding box. Sick. That still works. You know, I didn't, the bindings were for a product shoot or something. By the way, you know I don't know if I ever even got to say this. Thanks for being part of our mag. That goes back fifteen years. Yes. So I know there was charges and bro deals and bullshits, but I loved putting Willie McMillan in any of our stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah. you no, know, I don't think there was any. We had him on this podcast. Mm-hmm. He was he was great. Mm-hmm.
3: Is it up?
0: Yeah,
1: is it's, a, it's
3: an older one. It was, it was so maybe an earlier one. Because I only saw the video ones. I was just digging through the video ones you no, go it's
0: on video too. Oh, I gotta
3: yeah. go. Are they all on the YouTube?
0: Yep. The YouTube, yes, they are the YouTube.
3: <laughs> I'm not on it. I mean, so, you, can, you can see a bunch of DDC shit, but I don't have like a channel or nothing. Anyway. So
0: here we go. We we got uh we got a couple more things. We got uh, staples of the show that we always do. One of them is uh name that video part. Everybody's gonna play. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> What's your confidence uh,
3: level zero through ten? For what kind of a video part? Shred? Snowboarding video oh, part. fuck, man. I don't know. It's, it's Every kid looks like Icky Kaka from Finland to me. You know, I don't care. <laughs> you know, who are these new <laughs> names? <laughs> you know, well, he was going big one year. Did he come Pat. back from? No, just Pat would always come up with these names. Like,
1: oh, yeah, Pat would hot. come up with well, Icky just, Kaka. You know, it's
3: Some new kid. You know, Pat. By the way, Pat Bridges. This is Pat's maneuver, okay? And I'll just call him out on the show right now. He likes to come to Portland, land... He was some entourage of young up-and-comers. Call me on his way to Mount Hood. That's the first one. Or call me as his plane's taken off. So thanks, Pat. I'm three miles from the airport. Thanks, Pat Bridges. Wait. What's, what's, play the okay, part. Okay, here we go. How do we do it? Oh, man. Well, first of all, I, I, I'm going to have to put it somewhere into the early 90s. That is not correct.
1: <laughs> not correct. Nope. Okay. That's okay. what I thought, too.
3: I was hoping it was going to be the no effects song that we learned from... I don't even know what movie it was. I got I to gotta be honest with you. I wasn't a big movie guy. I remember um, The Hard, The Hungry, and The Homeless. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because Matt was in it. But I lost track, man. You know, you go... We, we weren't watching that shit out in Portland. We didn't even have a... It's very fashionable in, you know, in, in the Northwest to say I don't even own a TV, you know? <laughs> but we didn't really... We didn't even have one. And we, didn't, we, didn't, we saw him at um, events, but I lost track of all, like, the Mac Dogs and the politics, and I lost track. I might have been better to find a Whitey stuff, mm. not because we kind of got to know him, but friends would be in it. Yeah, what w- w- Yeah, when is, what's that from?
0: So that is, uh, he actually asked a guest question on the show already. Maybe that'll help. Brian Fox was in a That's bomb. not correct. Well, come Danny on. Danny Cass. There it is. That's correct. <laughs> Danny, why, wouldn't it, why wouldn't it be Danny a Danny from the grenade video uh, and what you got yourself for, it's more of a participation word. It's a bomb hole Everybody cooler filled oh, with bomb no hole, shit. Cause bomb cause hole d- merch. Listen,
3: listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I need a cooler for the, for the, for the vans. Perfect. Oh, that's a rough. So, so now, yesterday in go. Idaho, listen, yes, <laughs> listen, you do a search for coolers. And you get to see all that Yeti bullshit. I am not paying 300 bucks for this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then I went into like a Walmart and they were like $9.99 or something. It was like, fuck, I have like three of those at the house because we've been in a pinch on the road. I'm gonna use this. There By it the is. Way, does this come with a receipt? <laughs> <laughs> it's got fucking some merch man. inside too. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah so that's uh, we got so some excited. mugs, some uh, you know all. The, oh, the tops got the you got the top the switch. At my, Everything's my, available. Bombhole.com. We got. Oh, look at, <laughs> look at this! Look at the eyes light up. Hey, look at that look <laughs> By at the way, this.
3: way, let's just just chill out. When I go over those Rockies and the van's going, this is the first thing going out the fucking window. So oh, yeah. I can just go over the Skeet. Rockies. <laughs> Look at the air
0: freshener. Look at the air freshener. Stony Buds on there. Uh, Wait, this is
3: where we we do a little segue into all this cool merch you got. Yes, (laughs) you can plug
0: it. It's all available at bombhole.com. Oh,
3: that is the crotch of Dave Doman. (laughs) I know that. from a mile away. I've been right in it. Oh, look at all this cool shit. Well, so, yeah, man, this is cool. Well, listen, man, if we're, you know, oh, I got a a beanie and a hat. So... I don't know if I could do this half. Yeah, just, no. My, my head is Yeah, No, you know, let's, gro- no I feel This be is sweet. I got a bomb hole beam, man. Now, okay, now what do these go for? Oof. I think 20 bucks? Yeah. Something like that? 20? Just shut the fuck up for a second. 20, listen, <laughs> people. Ish. They're $24. What'd you pay for your parking today? What'd you pay for that pack of cools? What'd you pay for, pay for you know, it's $20. Have a little pride. Get the goddamn... Now, if I, I'm gonna be checking with the top brass here, and if I don't see at least hundred sold from this, I'm gonna be pissed off, and I'm gonna get all the names. So, get one, okay? Now that's called the hard sell. Wow, that's great. <laughs> you threaten <laughs> hard sell. We gotta come with a different angle. We gotta come with a different yeah. angle. Oh man. Well, oh socks too, man. Cool. I, I I saw these when I was digging around last night. These are cool. Who makes your socks?
0: Uh, Those are a a company called Fuel, local company. A guy I ride dirt bikes with, actually. I'm
3: going through through some. Your
0: girl might like that style of hat. I'm gonna. The
3: whole thing's coming. This. I'm, I'm you can dig through. We'll go through the You're the warehouse. After. We'll take it to You're the warehouse. See, me see what on, you like on twenty two hundred North this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know why the streets are so wide in Salt Lake City? Why <laughs> is that? To turn a stagecoach around. No, oh, oh, really? you didn't know that. I did not know that in all my years here. <laughs> you know. You know, Mikey LeBlanc would probably know that. You know, but. uh. <laughs> So uh, we got well, yeah, we got one more. We got to do the uh, name that video part.
0: Pub. Oh yeah, this one's for the listeners too. Here we go. Uh, so you listeners. don't answer this one. This listeners is for answer. this is kind of like a little listener interaction. They if they know the song, they get to comment in and they get a little prize pack drop. Oh, cool. So here we go.
1: Wow, that's a tough one.
0: Yeah, that's a classic. I see. Is I would get. I would get that. Get that one. But you know. You know what that does, Draplin? It also we feel as though it kind of preserves the culture of snowboarding a little bit. You know, makes people think about the old
1: the well, old times.
3: Well, check it out. Do do people get those? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm cause, yeah
1: cause some it, kids go and like before they've even watched the whole thing, they go right to that section yeah. and everyone gets a, well, well, There's tell, a winner quick.
3: Well, tell me this much. Um, there was a distri- distribution company called Ally up in Portland. Yes. that did all of them. You know, or, or some of the big properties. You know, and I remember making like a catalog for them or something, but. Can you even get all the old Whitey videos everywhere or somewhere? Um, I like think Whitey Kingpin still has a I site. Mean, I mean, we'll to say anything for that matter, because, you know, in 95 when everyone was making something, where is, you know, Pat would know this, but where is an archive for all that shit? Because, I mean, I want to go watch some of that. I don't need the DVD. You know, I remember when we made Revenge of the Grinerts, right? Mm-hmm. It came with all this cool packaging. I kept one of those because it was a fun afternoon with Amon and everyone, you know, all those fucking Grinerds. A lot of them
1: are up on YouTube. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. I think people you know, bootleg. Like, yeah, they bootleg and put okay, them on. Okay, well, yeah, because
3: yeah. the idea is like, I wouldn't even know where to find. I mean, you can go, I guess, look hard, hungry, and homeless. That's That's from, that's from like ninety one. Yeah. You know, like probably first of all, it'd only be on VHS. It's you on know? YouTube. I've watched okay. it on there. We've linked it in I mean, the show notes. I'd want to see. I'd want to see just Hale's part because yeah. that. That was some of the elixir that propelled.
1: That's what all, got me out west. <laughs> that movie. Where are you from? I'm from Vermont.
3: That's right.
1: Yeah, Colchester.
3: Oh. so that
1: movie is what, you know, I wanted to go meet Tarquin and I wanted to live in Breck.
3: When we went in 90, early 93 out to, uh, out to uh, Breckenridge to go on spring break, we get up there, we get up there right away, and one of the greatest Garys in my life. Made this happen, a guy named Gary Hansen. I remember Gary. Oh my God. My <laughs> favorite Gary Greatest Hansen in the Gary's world. Fucking of my Gary. Life. Always running up to you. This is my imitation of Gary Hansen. Running up to you like this. Because he's always holding a drink, getting that last pump in to let <laughs> yeah, me know what, what's going on. You know, that last, some sort of a little little, little umbrella in it. Gary Hansen. God damn it, Love that guy. And um, he gave us tickets. Maybe he had some tickets. So we had like a, an afternoon. We didn't have to pay the whatever it was because we had. Our days figured out. Two up at A-Basin, two hiking, you know, the past. Uh, one day, you know, the past. Um, one up at Copper. Well, you know, I don't think we even could afford Vale. So we get up there. We're on the way up the hill, and we hear, yeah, Tarquin. And he went by. Now, I know this is just a little shitty thing, but I'll never forget that because that was us being in it. We saw him in the magazines. We saw all the stuff. We saw the riffraff. And we got to be right there. That night, we also went to um, Vail for a party. And the word was J2 was going to be there. And we knew about this name. You know, and it was like, I don't know. That was just enough for me to be like, wow. You know, I knew these names from the magazines. Because I, I, we lived it. We lived it. Um, but, you know. Did you go to that party in Vail? yeah yeah we walked around we didn't know really any of these people i was probably there of course you were what what, <laughs> what, what years were you there
1: I, that's the year i moved out to vale okay. and i met j2 that year
3: well then did you know matt hale yeah of course i'm sorry matt minor uh i have the names these really are all traverse city guys well. scott shumsky Mm-mm. um yeah these are all dudes i um, derek denoyer tad lautner but these are all guys that lived in uh, buffalo States or something like that over in uh that first turnoff and uh was it dylan or? dylan yeah yeah first turnoff and there was six dudes or seven dudes to an apartment and we just crashed with them and we all go into breck and ride and you know i i don't know i you know my dad experienced that shit in the late 60s he did this stuff he'd go yeah. out to ski and things and take my mom and stuff and and we went out and do this but i just remember that moment of like you said that's what brought you out west it's like those little video things why i ask about like One of the things I always try to ask, I guess it's on a larger cultural level about snowboarding, is I always talk to Bridges and say, Bridges, are there still kids moving west and throwing it all away?
1: Yeah, there are.
3: I hope so. Yeah,
1: Yeah, absolutely. We actually get, I get some DMs, like, what's it like if I move out to Utah? But
3: I've also heard the contrary, which is like, no, man, with weather.com, you can see where it's pounding, get a quick ticket, And next tomorrow morning, fly out that morning, and we used to plan our shit. Like there, there was a good chance it was not going to snow. I don't think we
1: we had the money though to be flying around. I mean, I'm I'm just saying, like
3: in this new app world, where it's like okay. Why fuck around throwing it all away and going to the next hotspot, Tahoe, Jackson hole, you know, all these things shift. I remember when Utah was a place, yeah. you know, Jess Gibson came here at that time. My buddy, Jess robot food. Yeah, man. You know, Jess came out here and that's what got him here. We're about the same age and you know, but these things shift. So I always wonder about that because I just hope so because not that it was cathartic, but it did teach me that there was a big wide world. And i I mean, I, I know it's going to piss all your East coast listeners, but You know, you got to get out here where it gets big because things change and and the speed changes. One of the biggest things I remember at Bachelor, the the girls went just as fast as the dudes. It just wasn't the same back home. It just wasn't the same. It was badass. They were just hauling ass and we better get our act together. So when I went home, everything looked small. And we were hitting jumps in ways where it's like, you don't just hit the jump and then Hit the next jump, you 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 gap the two because you start going fast. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn that confidence. And if you know if any of the little rats are listening here, hey, you gotta go and you gotta go try that because you it's never it's never gonna taste that good when you're 42. If you're 22 years old and you take a year off of school, take your, you know, six of your buddies and go try your hand in a tell your rider in these places we've talked about, because there's just something about that. You know where we saw it? Hot dog the movie.
1: I remember that movie. Of course. classic. Right? Yeah.
3: I mean, just the idea of like, <laughs> what, how do you, where do you even get a job and how do you do it? And how, you know, we figured it out. I remember kids having to go back home, their tail between their legs. We never had to really do that. But um, it was just such a quintessential part of my youth to go out there and be afraid. I remember we got out there, we couldn't, couldn't find an apartment in Ben. We had no references, a little bit of money, nothing. When we finally got our apartment, the guy made us sign a lease for a, a winner. And we had to pay three or four months ahead of time. Luckily, we had it between the three or four of us that jumped into this place. And we were in. And we were in. That night, we drive up to Hood for our first time to Mount Hood. And we're just new off the boat, right? We go up to Mount Hood that night. And there's a place there called the Thunderbird Lodge, right? So we're up there. And that, my buddy Derek, who brought us out to Oregon, you know, from Michigan, he gets out. He's a Mara rider at the time. Uh, some kind of a, you know, I don't know, a rep writer or something like this. And he's on some team out there all of a sudden he's, that's our connection. And that night we got to stay at the Thunderbird lodge. We met Jeff Curtis. So cool. We met Robbie Morrow. So cool. Todd Franzen, you know, and I, is he, yeah, I think he's doing better. Okay. Okay. okay, I've just heard a couple little, you know, little, little things here and there, but we met these guys that were in magazines and Robbie Morrow, he slept right on the ground next to me. I slept near a closet. He slept in the closet, whatever it was. He didn't get one of the rooms. He was just another dude with us that night. I'll never forget that. That's cool. He was running the thing. He just crashed on the floor. We got to meet him. And I know if I talked to him today, he'd still be that same Robbie Morrow. I got I to gotta look that guy up. Yeah. You know, why I talk about this, it was all happenstance for us. You know, if we would have met J2 that one night when that, that party you were at, whatever they, whatever that was, you know, it's all just these quick things. But I remember them. And you got you got to go find that shit, whatever that is. You know, I hear about people doing it with rock and roll, people doing it with tech, with all sorts of shit. But if you're a snowboarder and you love that stuff, go do this while yeah, you can. Yeah, that's how you get the mm-hmm. foot in the
1: door, life-changing moments. Well, well,
3: kids will ask me, how do I get a job in this stuff? And it's like, man, you got to go and at least learn the language. Yeah, get that's the there.
1: biggest question, right? How yeah, do I well, get Go, get go meet job? the people. Yeah, you got to go meet, meet the, the people. people. Immerse you, yourself. If
3: you're one of those guys who are able to, you know, be... The Ripper, who can do this into his thirty fourth year, that's amazing. I'm gonna look all your shit up now. You know, oh, he's got I, a lot of
1: stuff. This guy's got an X Games medal.
3: I don't even I know in the that.
1: streets I, okay.
0: street riding. Well, well, we we let's thank you. I appreciate.
3: Well, it. I mean, like, I mean well, let's see. I, I'm not used to that world anymore because you have to understand. When I'm around Danny Cass, I was like, Danny, you got a foot away from George Bush. Take a little pot shot, and he was like, drop one. You know how many guns are fixed on you? I didn't know how many. That's, all <laughs> no, that's <laughs> a good thought, right there. I just remember being like, just "We see- got the shred
1: with Danny this just a couple months ago. He's back he's, ripping. He's just ripping. Well, of
3: yeah. of course. I mean, I know there's been some some roller coastery there. Yeah, I've he's heard a ripping. couple little little spiffs and niffs and things and whatever the hell. I hope he's all right. Of course. He's great. Now, I still try to keep in touch with my old buddy Matt Cass. Will be a brother forever with me. You know, brother, brother to me. Um, but you know, the idea that like I just really like to sort of evangelize this idea of like going with your buddies. And just going and throwing it away. Get a job at that place playing the Bob Marley. Do all that shit. (laughs) Yeah, snowboarding needs that. It really, well, I hope, I just hope it exists. Because, you know, Pat will just tell me different archetypes that are, you know. And, you know, Pat goes deep. Yeah. It still still exists 100%. I hope so. I hope so. Because, you know, I I wonder if, like, with the the magazines going away or maybe videos going away. I don't even know. Are there still videos and still parts? Yeah, oh, yeah. Those are still, everything's all still cranking, yeah. You know, when I was in it with the boys making snowboard, I got to just glance at all and see the 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 pulse of this stuff, right? M- well now it's applied to graphic design and I can tell you some of the different video series and our Netflix and things and a couple things I've been lucky to get into or whatever. But um, yeah anyway, okay. What well, do we got? Some dice here? So yeah we gotta pay the
0: bills here real quick. Uh, time for the pub beer crap shoot. Here we go.
2: Welcome to the pub beer crap shoot. Come pick on it, pick it, pick it, pick
0: it. Pub beer crap. That's the Dave Chappelle saying clackety, clackety, clackety. I say, this is pretty impressive, this thing. Okay, what do we, what do we got here? So what you got here, oh, you got you found the dice. I've looked for the other ones. So uh, first of all, we got to talk about pub beer for a second. Yes. Uh, what's their motto, buds? It's cheap, fun beer. Well, if you're looking to go crush some can with the boys uh, or women or whoever, for that matter, uh, and you're, you're at 7-Eleven, you're looking at all the different beers, Make sure you pick up the pub beer. It's affordably priced. I, w- I believe ethically priced was the the verbiage that we heard uh, Draplin using. Yeah, it's uh, they support the podcast. That this is out of Oregon. I knew yeah, that. Yeah, that yeah 10, ten barrels. Their parent company. So they're they're uh, yeah Oregon Oregon. Uh, it's not one of those microbrewery brewery uh, brands that Draplin was roasting earlier. It's just a good old fashioned cheap beer. That's all it is.
3: Well, you guys remember beer beer. Generic beer. Remember bulk food craze back mm-hmm. in the you know, you, you were a little younger then. But remember the bulk food craze of the eighties and nineties. You get like a big bag of somethings. You, you know, they also had just you know like beer beer just said beer. Yeah, you know? it just said beer on well, it. Right, kind of what they got going on here. Yeah, I know yeah. that they're thinking about that, but you know, hey, listen. At this point in my career, is the shit wet? There it is. Down the hatch. <laughs> Boom. <laughs>
0: That, graphically speaking, that was a pretty solid, solid well, bread. Uh, yeah, because I, I, the graphics attract me to
1: this. So
3: I go deep with this sort of like weird, sort of like, um, you know, there was like beer, beer was like you could get it with like food stamps and shit, you know? It was like just generic food. It, w- Why would it be anything else? It's just flour, it's oats, it's these really, you know, sugar. And then they had beer, right? So I don't know if you could get it with, you know, whatever. But it was this, you know, the funny part about it is, this looks like a piece of apple to me, you know. Like, mm-hmm. and you go all the way yeah. up to the other top, but you come crashing back down. You know, here's the thing. It's just cool because you know, you know, for, you know. This liquid death shit is so fun and wild, and they they're hiring all these cool artists and making all this cool shit, and it's awesome. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's awesome. That's Barack Obama looking for another logo. <laughs> well, just chill out, Barry. Just fucking enjoy your time off. We miss you. Tell, Michelle, time off. Tell Michelle we miss you. Okay. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, when you look at this thing, it's like, you know, they got good type. They got good stuff. And it's like, you know, they're not, you know, I, I see these floating around Portland. Because if Liquid Death can be so wild and, and ironic and funny and cool, you know, there's a lot of people that are taking themselves very, very seriously on the artisanal front mm. of like just anything. And listen, you can put whatever you want around a beer can. It can become this whole elevated kind of thing, and there's every kind of irony and every kind of cool and every kind of small batch and all that bullshit, and then you just have a beer beer. So I, that's, you know, that's cool. So if these guys are one of your sponsors. Oh, yeah. People, are you thirsty? Do you have hot pipes? You want something a little stronger than liquid death? Let me tell you about pub beer. I
0: was sold. I was sold.
1: Okay, what are we doing? We got
3: dice here. You're rolling the goon gear dice. Whatever it
0: lands on, uh, you you, you have to do something, basically. It's like a game show. Okay.
3: A good, strong five. Okay,
0: here we go. Five. Would you rather have a tattoo designed by Grenier and tattooed by Eastone or designed by Eastone and tatted by Chris? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, would you have him design it, me tat, or vice versa?
3: I gotta go with you. Do the you know you run the show with this? The, 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 you, you're technical, but he brings the he brings just. I just like looking at you. I don't know what the, what's the word for that. I've always I've always just liked looking at you. There's just something I, there's just something I don't what what, what is that what is that you're making me blush? Well, I just you know you know like the whole like bridges. I can just sit and look at Bridges and just love him, <laughs> you know, because he's Bridges. You, you understand, I get down to goddamn bohunk Southern California. I'm not going to be at the fucking beach in some. Volcom chance, you know, worrying about a fucking, wor- worrying about a fucking, some uppers or lowers, I'm from Lake Michigan, man, small mouth bass, you know, zebra mussels, fucking things up, okay, so I don't go in the ocean, and we go down there, and who do I run with? I run with Pat Bridges, God, just a specimen, and Evan Rose, <laughs> Two you know, oh my god, and then this pile of shit. And that's you know, where you know, there's Duke Kahuna, you know, coming in hot from some big surf. I could give a fuck less, you know. I just didn't even they were just they were just dime a dozen, you know, Duke dime, kahuna. Just you know, I don't I, you know, just wasn't into that shit. And you know, I get it. I get it. I did. I will say. I talk a lot of shit about a lot of things, but <laughs> I will say I made a lot of cool friends from those magazines. You know, truth I, on the snowboarding side. Yeah. You know, even down to you know some of the mm, fucking mountain bikers and shit. So yeah.
0: Holy
1: How shit! How about a Patreon question? Yeah, hit a Patreon. So uh, Patreon question. These guys get a chance to send in a question in yeah. advance. So they make the show happen. We wouldn't be yeah, able to do it without the Patreon be able members. To do so it without thank you guys. these guys. This is from Jeremy Hudson. Can you explain the history of your obsession with thick lines? Yeah, of
3: course. Um when you go back and you look at, you know, a, a, a graphic design history, right? You go back and you go digging. There was a certain era. I guess we'll call it the pushpin era. And it was this certain group of people in New York City. And you'd recognize it when you go look. It, it looked like the late 70s, yeah. You know? But out of that came this sort of weird Sort of surreal. You know, all this stuff comes out of the '60s and stuff, you know. So he's like a Peter Max. That's so kind of thick lines. That guy, you know, the yellow submarine-looking stuff, right? So that stuff, you know, goes into this kind of heavy illustrated thing with all these funny, you know, Lyndon Johnson faces and you know, fucking with politicians and stuff. But somewhere there, these things came back, kind of in the '70s and '80s, to like it's like it's like an icon, just to tell a story. A really simple line. So what I love about it is in the most simple, simple sense, it's just meant to communicate on the simplest of things. So throw me a sharpie. Throw me a sharpie. And I mean the idea about it. in fact even throw me the blue one. The the blue the the, Fatty. the, the big one. Want, I got a good piece of paper here. No no you know the idea that to just to communicate in the simplest simplest of terms the only things you need to communicate with this stuff and just say, all right, there it is. Because it doesn't need another folder or a flap. I've been studying it while we've been sitting here. and I'm thinking, what does this stuff need? You know, now maybe you get a couple of these. You know, as this thing is sort of, we did a lot of this for grenade, you know, back in the day. But I love the fact that when you're finding these things, they're not on something cool. It's on something really like pedestrian, like the bottom of a cardboard box. And it's some of the greatest, simplest, confident design moves you've ever seen. And they're hidden. And I unearth those things simply by looking at, like, you know, when you understand where graphic design came from and you see where it went up and down. Now, if you go 10 years later, you get into this 80s where they're just getting like the technology buzz and they get to do all this digitized looking rudimentary stuff with computers and it looks fractally and kind of sketchy and digitized because they're just starting to be electronic right then you get seven or eight more years into that now I'm I'm getting into the world of this stuff and you see it touch snowboarding in the following ways do you remember like Scott Klum from Morrow Snowboards he was on the forefront of this stuff with this kind of cool David Carsony kind of scritch-scratch, kind of cool, weird, mm-hmm. dreamy looking stuff, right? Okay, okay, okay. Well, that stuff was kind of frivolous, and it, it served a purpose, and it was just sort of arbitrary, like just kind of, eh, just works. I don't know why, it's art, you know, whatever. You, that had to happen, all the different eras. But when you come back to this stuff, it's just like a heart is a heart, and how do you tell it in the quickest sense? Because you know the most recognizable symbols in the world like a cross, a smiley face—they're like emojis, right? One of the most recognizable things in the world is the Nike swoosh. So you think about what it takes to make all those things. The Superman S is right up there with you know scary things too, and I, you know whatever are up there too. But you know nevertheless that when you when you look at that and kind of say God, I know I'm looking at some of the art even here. You know I don't I don't know what year this is from with this snowboard. Who's on that? 2004. Mark, Mark Frank Montoya, Montoya
1: shot oh, by okay. the kid. He's. Done. I mean, I only got handshakes from him,
3: but I will say, on that shitty day a couple years ago, hard day for you, hard day for him. I really liked what he had to say. You know, I didn't. I didn't know him in that context. You know, I mean, that day for J2 up there, but you know, like I look at this stuff, it's like, man, that's a pretty burly maneuver, sure. But, it, you know, I'm looking around here, it's like, there, you know, you're seeing thick lines happening in that shitty skateboard, you know, camera thing. Because when you boil it down, it can be done that way. So I know we can go as far as you want in some of this cool stuff. Like, look at the design of that boot. It's incredible, you know. Lots of extra flair and goodies, you know, on a 32 boot there. I, I, I used to know those designers for that stuff when I worked at the mags. But you boil that boot down, what is it? It's a this and a that and a this. And it's like, there's just something to that. And I I don't want us to be able to have everything be so awesome all the time, you know? And yet, you'll see this in some of the coolest stuff like graffiti. It's just about streamlined communication. So, a peace symbol, right? <laughs> Hits you right in the face. So, a lot of it is more of just a respect for restraint, you know? But I just love when you find it out in the world and you're just like, I just found one uh, uh, on a on a on a big thing, and all it was was this. And it was Mount Lassen, which is up in Northern California. By the way, that could be any volcano anywhere, right? You can see it on my feed. And yet they got to it from Mount Lassen in 1977 or something, and I just love coming across that shit. Like, the fun part about it is if I make a Mount Hood and I don't put Mount Hood on it, and then I go on a merch show in Boise. You just put it on the merch table, and the guy goes, "Is that Mount Douglas?" And you go, "Yes, it is. <laughs> 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 I made it just for you." Boise. <laughs> so you know, the kid's like, "I don't see the Space Needle behind Rainier. No, it's hidden behind there. You know, just it's a it's a different angle of the city because I'm I'm up there trying to peddle Portland shit. So I, you learn the lesson, like making merch, like, don't put Mount fucking Hood on that thing, because it could be a mountain for anyone anywhere, anywhere in the world, right? Yes. So there's fun little things, and yet I love the fact that we have a goofy thing for, the you know, Oregon Coast or whatever, these regional sorts of things. You know, what would it be for the Wasatch? Well, there is a certain look, you know, and that's all it needs to be. I mean, I've already done many graphics when I've come here and done shows and stuff, but yeah, that's kind of the long-winded answer for why these things, here's why, just to boil it down, I'll, I'll be done, you get surprised by it that minimal amount of moves to tell that kind of a cool story to be something for you and you and you different in a neat way. That's the power of graphic design. So, yeah. Love it. Okay, a couple
0: questions. Right. Here we go. So we have a little section of the show we call Hot Takes. Uh, right. So it's kind of, we're going to try to keep this thing on the rails because generally they're quick answers. Yeah. So let's let's uh, right. keep that in, the, keeping that in All mind. All right. Just coach uh, me, uh, yeah. man. Are you <laughs> okay. trying
3: to say I go a little deep? No. <laughs>
0: uh, I would say long-winded might be a yeah. little bit of a... Um, yeah. Boy, really let me know how you feel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. so... S- Rather be kind of honest with you here. So um, we have the the Michael Jordan and or Goat, greatest of all time uh, in snowboarding, both male and female. Who you got?
3: Oh shit!
0: Just gotta throw a couple names. Yeah, there. Don't, I mean, don't overthink yeah, I it. Know. Don't I know. I, I just
3: it. I just try to go back to when I remember the names and when I remember. You know, I remember like. Mm, I don't know. I, I think you know. Something about the style of Jamie Lynn got me pretty – I already talked about that. It's a good know. answer. Yeah.
1: Jamie's a great answer.
3: Well, I just – because it cause it, it, um, it wasn't the coolest of the places, and I like that. You know, I'm, I wasn't a, as big a fan of Transworld, and as excited as I, I was to see you know Engelsman get to go to Russia, I don't get to go to Russia. What do I give a fuck, you know? I mean, I was excited to see my friend go. I remember he went to this Russian trip remember, yeah. or something. Snowboarder, showed Idaho. I could go to Idaho. I saw where Louis Fountain was hitting a little berm, you know, whatever. I can do that, you know, whatever these things are. So um, I was always the, in, more into the people that were just sort of like, oh, he lives here too. So um, for, for – for, um, Relatable. F- oh, for females. Uh, I remember really digging the writing of Hannah Beeman. Oh, nice. yes. Yeah. Now listen, I don't know if that falls into the right category, but she was cool. And she talked to me, you know, yeah. I'd see her with Pat and stuff, you know, they were buds. But she ripped, man. She's been a guest
1: on this show. She's oh, awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah.
3: Well, that's what comes to mind. And I know it. maybe I could go digging for something else, but I just it's remember her answer. being cool to us when I, when I went to Mammoth this one time. Anna's hey, a perfect next answer. Que-
0: next question. Goat of design. Michael Jordan of design. Oh, man. That's a good question. Let's see here. Try to keep it under like a minute. Okay, the Would you
3: just relax? What the <laughs> fucking you know.
1: time constraints?
3: Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, try you to know. keep it
0: under uh, sixty minutes well, with the answer yeah. on this. <laughs> sixty to sixty-five oh, minutes.
3: Okay, okay, everybody, you know, listen, take your comedy on the fucking road. You know, at Salt Lake at the at the Laugh Barn up in fucking you know Ogden tonight. You know, Wise Guys
0: is actually okay, the local yeah, comedy club. Yeah, okay, yeah,
3: you know. so uh, yes, uh, um. I think my favorite graphic designer all time is a guy by the name of Saul Bass. Um, first of all, the bell telephone logo, like classic stuff that you can recognize on a telephone pole from a mile away. All the principal stuff we're talking about, right? Small, big, whatever corporate design. But also that's the guy behind like really playful, you know, um, like um, movie posters, you know, where uh, bunny Lake is missing or, uh, uh, Vertigo um, or, or Exodus look look these things up you know classic things The Shining I think is what he was he did the poster for The Shining I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he did but really fun playful type and fun little illustrations so listen these guys weren't just one kind of thing like super corporate schmorpert, whatever He was a a maker for what to solve the problem. So if it was some sort of cultural thing for um, some sort of peace movement, they went and looked at the forms and made something for that. That's really interesting to me, right? Because what the internet has allowed us to do is boil people down to exactly what they do perfect. And then they just do that, do that, do that. But my favorite graphic designers are able, when people are ripping them off, they're able to morph and go on to the next damn thing. Not just artists or graphic designers, you know, musicians. Things, makers, probably shredders, you know, if I went and looked, you know, and still knew that world, but um, they're able to change when things get a little weird and shift, downshift, upshift, whatever, just pivot, I guess is one of the cool words. That's interesting to me because that's, I mean, when you look at his body of work, this Mr. Saul Bass, it was all over the place. And yet there was always a real, when you go really clean with this stuff, a really super modern, crispy, thick lining kind of shit, it's some of the greatest shit ever. You go the other way and I can't make that stuff and that's... That's a you know, and then again, I just don't you know I don't know the history of graphic design. I, he might have had fifty people working for him; might have just been him. When you look at my shit, it's me sitting there. There's no team. It's me. So I hope you dig it. Just understand that you know I got my limitations. I try to do my best. You know, but it's like sometimes you look at some of that old classic work, and it's like that it wasn't even him that did it. It's just his name that pushed mm. it ahead, and you're just like, oh, it was her chained to a desk? Some you know, some you know, whoever made the Nike logo There's that wonder. Scary story of that woman in in Portland, you know that did it for like twenty bucks or something, you know whatever that was. Oh really? I, you know, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, look it up, it's like a little little tale you know, from graphic design. But yeah, you let's know, look at these things, and it's like I like work that that came before me still works, and still works today. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff that slipped through the timeless, cracks, timeless uh, stuff. Yeah, because you know, certain things are only for that era. Mm. Bands are only for that era, you know, um, and yet design in a weird way. So. When you're thinking about that, it's like stop signs. Those are meant to communicate. Customs forms are meant to communicate peace on your shirt, on a sticker, or me just kind of saying, "Hey, that communicates quickly." I'm, I'm chill, you know. <laughs> I'm chill, man. <laughs> I'm chill, you know. Or used in a shitty way, you know, uh, Nixon doing this bullshit. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not a crook or whatever. That's you know used in a shitty way. So, um, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, last hot take would be. I hope uh, these are good answers. They're great answers. They're phenomenal answers. Um, I, just noticing, this isn't even a fucking hot take, we're whatever, but you are a person that loves banter, I've noticed. You like to chop it up. You seem like you could you know, sit down with a cup of coffee and uh, basically just chop it up with anybody about just about anything. Now, who's your favorite person to bullshit with?
3: Favorite person to bullshit with? Oh, my my mom. My dad, <laughs> you know, I miss my dad, you know, of course. Um, when you come down from, you know, the high mountain of that, um, I can go pretty deep with my girl. You know, my, my girl is a, Leah is a very, uh, she's limitless in her curiosity. I hope that's a compliment. You know, yeah. it, it is, because she's always learning some new, uh, uh, she told me all about the Roman Empire. Uh, Roman Empire. Trying to get a goddamn ad-free formatted for some Adobe product I'm working on or something, whatever. You know what are you talking about? You know, I, I, she's just got this like sort of insatiable sort of hunger for this kind of shit that's really interesting to me. All of a sudden, you know, like she'll she'll make she'll send me down these rabbit holes. I learn from her like a little encyclopedia, you know something. Pat Bridges is always really fun. I know that's a very snowboard answer, but Pat, they really broke the mold with that guy. You know, these are my friends. You know, I, I really go deep with Pat. Um, Evan Rose is always really fun to talk to, and I, you know, consider both these guys, you know, really good friends. But yeah, those are. I mean, you know, it's kind of like you know, it's like you if you look in your phone, your top ten. You know, it's pretty easy for me to get right there. You know, and say, yeah, it's in, they're in my top ten. I mean, there's a reason why I have a buddy. My my buddy Dale Allen Dixon is just just weird and 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 ironic and funny and knows a lot of pop culture references from the 90s he's maybe a year older than i am but he's you know he lives in portland again now and he's just so busy i don't ever get to see him i'm 2 miles from him and it's fucked so dale get over to the house you know come to the backyard <laughs> so I, that's that's who i think of it's 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 nothing all that i mean i've had some incredible conversations with some you know some of these graphic design people on podcasts or some of this kind of stuff. Or I got to be in Marin. That was pretty cool. And that that's was right. I fucking saw. Fucking terrifying because I said something about skiers and it pissed off some skiers. You know whatever I said. But uh, you know, in a lot of ways, we did invent snowboarding. You know what that means? You know it's like I didn't like come up with a way to. Oh, here's a one snow. We went and took that plank and now somehow it got it to the point where you still make a living at it. That's pretty sweet. You know mm-hmm. we were right there on the forefront of that shit. You know whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, I get another. I get a little bit of a freaking. Uh, I guess you know we normally steer clear of politics, to be totally honest with you. But yeah. we're going to get into something. That, I don't know if this is politics oh, or not, shit. but here, but here we go. This is something I think is cool. <laughs> I'm just curious about personally. So when I look at your graphic design stuff, I notice you have you have a lot of like American flags and things like that yeah. in your design, right? And you appear to love your country in that sense. Sure. And it, and it's very uh, unpopular uh, to be patriotic amongst a certain, you know, especially like let's say Portland, you know, and, 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 uh, and I, I, and you know, you're very anti-Trump too. And it's just kind of an interesting, like I just want to hear you elaborate on both of those things and, and, and see where that goes.
3: It's a, it's a really tough one because right now and rightfully so the American flag is a sign of oppression to our own people own people who live here. So we kind of got to put on hold because in the last disgusting 5 years since that motherfucker, you know, went on there for a game show, it's been co-opted by the worst elements. So, the American flag used to mean this place of immigrants, possibility, fairness, equality, American dream, not this. We're going to take it back to the old ways. And that is so thinly veiled of the ways of, like, cops beating you up. Keep on going, people being subjugated. Keep on going. Go all the way back. Fuck that America, right? Fuck that idea of America. So it's not lost on me that it's a prickly thing to show stars and bars. But my love for it comes from the idea, and I know that I am, I don't know how to even talk about it, Um, privileged, we'll just say, that America, what it meant for me was going all the way out west into this beautiful northwest to be a snowboarder. I got to work all summer long, wash dishes, take all that money out west, and spend it on snowboarding. Like, who the fuck gets to do that? You know what I mean? One of the things that scared me about snowboarding was the apres quality. It's a rich kids, man. You know, you run into it in the tell you right, like you motherfucker. You didn't, you didn't work all summer. Pump, your mom, and dad are just popping for this shit. I know you're not that. <laughs> I, just we, a couple hours we've been bullshit. Pat Bridges is not that, but we ran into it, and I. That's when I was just losing. I was losing heart for it. I was like you know, in our, you know, where, where I'm from, snowboarding for us, you just have to get the board, and then it's democratized don't have to have access up to some heli go all the way to the top fucking heli skiing we used to have a broom it snow a couple inches your east coast push it over into one lane have a little booter at a you know golf course and hit a booter and get mm-hmm. have a car parked and get footage you know yeah. i mean we used to do this my buddy Brian Elshire i used to edit off of the television know, mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, well, you know like I did, you know it's yeah. fucking incredible oh yeah i wish he's i hope he's got that shit somewhere okay So, you know, to come crashing back to where, you know, these forms, it represents snow and it represents possibility and represents going all the way to Alaska and washing dishes and elevating myself to where I could buy a computer and then go learn and then make a living and kind of help retire my mom and dad, right? Shit like that. But it's a hard time. Now, I'll tell a funny story to kind of illustrate this. I got to do a stamp a couple years ago, and it's a patriotic workhorse, So when you look it up, it's called the Star Ribbon. It's just one of these kind of cool star things. I don't know if I have it on me in my stuff here. But, you know, look it up, and um, it was a stamp for America. So that is one of my graphic design dreams. The coolest part about it, everyone needs a stamp. You do, you do, I do. Someone who is having a rough go, they can get a stamp and use a stamp to pay their stuff or whatever, or get a paycheck from some assistants or something. They need a stamp. It's a perfect, perfect democratization of design. Everyone gets to enjoy the art on that thing. It's not just those who can afford it, right? So I mm. am super proud to work for my country. Check it out. Some stupid trumper, uncle of mine or something, these are dinosaurs. They get to use stamps too. So it's not just for the liberal shmibble blue, whatever it is. It's for all of America because that's good design that works for all of America. Okay, So a stamp is very weird that way. It's surreal that way. When I made that stamp, it just goes out into the ether. They did 400 million stamps. Cause they're like, they come on rolls of 5,500. So you know when you get junk mail, you're like flip, flip, house refi, flip. It's got, you might you might see one of my little workhorses in the corner because it comes off a roll of 5,500. Bam, 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 they send these things out and it's a percentage game. Send out a thousand, seven byte, we make you know, 20, 40, 50 grand, whatever. I don't. So um, when I made that thing, the stamp community comes after me. What else do you have? that's inspired like this, stars and bars and things. I love patriotic stamps. America is fucked, man. America is fucked. I've been watching this, whew, this program called the Underground Railroad that is breathtaking, the way it's shot. Just as an artist and nerd to appreciate that, but some of the hardest shit I've ever had to watch. It's terrifying, what we, what we don't know. Now it's been sort of, well, whitewashed into like some sort of a palatable way to talk about such a horrific thing. No, it needs to be exposed for what it was forever and ever, and ever and ever and ever and ever and dealt with and, you know, dealt with. So watching that and like understanding that that America then, man, fuck that Confederate flag. So whatever, you know, it, it means a certain thing. Well, I made this one thing that just said 1776 and it's got these thick lines. I made a patch, a sticker and a whatever poster. It's their spoils They're B-sides from when I was doing the stamp. But you know who's using 1776 right now. Don't tread on me, these paramilitary proud boys and shit. So I got to kind of wait, you know. When I was a kid and you saw my favorite logo of all time, the Bicentennial Star, it meant that America made it to 200 years, the Bicentennial. It meant a place of, you know, yeah, you know, progress, that we, you know, were modernized. A couple years after that, you saw the space shuttle. It was on the space program, you know, this, this incredible logo. So I was raised around that stuff. It meant possibility. It meant evening the, the, the field. It meant that all, you know, I, I come from, you know, from northern Michigan. It wasn't all that diverse. But, you know, things were getting better and better and better. And some of the good old boy shit that we saw growing up was less and less in fashion. And By the way, you couldn't talk that way anymore. Out with that old And with the new. And if you don't like it, you know, you die off with it, you know. So those things represent a certain thing to me. But it's not everyone. So I have to be careful with that stuff. Because, you know, in Portland, Oregon, where, you know, I live, I've had some spicy emails that say, what are you doing with this shit? I mean, you do know what this stuff is attached to. And it's like, it was not attached that way in 2002 when I made that thing at all. But I get it. So, you know, I, I, it's just a really prickly thing because, you know, in the last disgusting five years, it's been co-opted by bullies who hide behind it and use it as a weapon, quite literally. Stabbing people with the, the flag and shit on the way up those Capitol steps. And I don't want anything to do with that shit. I'm ashamed of that stuff now because, you know, America for me was somewhere where our ancestors came here from Poland and could find a better life. It wasn't easy, but that's Well, at least our story, my next buddy over, America's pretty shitty to his family. So, you know, um, there's been political things made with that stuff that are really interesting and that you see people, you know, change the colors. And I love all that kind of stuff, you know, Um, to be more multicultural, to be more, um, um, yeah, shit's changing, you know, shit's changing. And I have to change too. And I have to be sensitive when I make those things. Because also what happens is you get this kind of sense of people like, fuck it, I'm showing it. You don't like it. That's kind of the same thinking with some of these other good old boys. You don't like it, love it or leave it. Mm-hmm. No, I can change. Mm-hmm. And maybe. We ride this, this barbaric stubbornness out. You know, this barbaric lack of creativity and this, this, this just low-hanging fruit of, like, the other. I don't like you because you'd vote this way. You know, this low-hanging. It's easy, this shit's easy. It's just dumb and tribal. We ride that shit out, and maybe it can get back to this place of like, all right, we got past those fucks. Now it can mean again that you can come here, you can get help if you've been fucked with for generations. This thing means you're gonna get some assistance. We're making right on some of those things, but hey, you got to go put your time in too. You know, nothing's quite a free ride. I know that's very idealistic, but my mind goes there. But also, you know, it just hurts to have someone say, "You know what that thing means to me? I'm a vet." You know what that thing means to me? It's just like, oh, man. It's some stars and bars that say America. We all live here. It doesn't say this. It says this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, that, that's a really interesting question. And you see me squirm because I don't know what to make of it. It's like I made all that 1776 shit. And a buddy was like, I can't believe you're making this. And it was like, I want to make merch for the stamp community. Mm-hmm.
0: But, you know. I think that was an extremely, yeah. extremely eloquent answer, honestly. I think that was really, really well. Um, you, you, that was you perfect, perfectly answered. Buds, do you have a Patreon got, question?
1: Uh, just another personal question. Personal question, yeah. So, uh, you know, in the in the graphic world, your style is very recognizable. You know, it's I can see something and know that you did it. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And as you talk about, you know, you're one of the graphic designers of our time. Is there a name for your style? In the art world, in the in the graphic community, oh, uh, and if not, drapling? should we, should we name it? I don't know. Big Big D style. I mean, what are we talking? <laughs> <sure>. You know, <laughs> I, sure. can, I,
3: I get. To, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard to think about because you see people bitch about it like, "Oh, you're doing just that draplin thing," and it's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" There's there's a little more to that than maybe why. But that's just me being defensive to my own shit. Well, first of all, you want to make things that people like. I, I don't know if I have a name or a movement, but um, I will say this much: this is one of the greatest answers I ever gave when this kid, very earnest, on a podcast said, "So, Aaron Draplin, what is your legacy in graphic design?" You know And I said, "Well, I want to be a skin tag on graphic design. I want to be a. I want to be a mole. I want to be just a crusty little little something you have to pick off a of graphic design. I don't. i don't need to be rooted in the middle of it. You know, I can just be this weird little thing that got away with it." Loved his buddies, took care of the people around him, took care of his family, and enjoyed it along the way, you know. I always talk when on these podcasts or on the road, remember stereo equipment and there's like the equalizer. All the buttons and shit go up. We don't you have that on your phone now? There's probably an app for that. I don't know. But I remember dinking with that stuff when I was a kid. And, you know, it, I look back at my career in these last bunch of years, and it's like, A lot of the things were pretty high up. As in, I got to work for people I loved. High up. I made good money. Up. You know, when you do a job and they're like, by the way, we have a quick turnaround, it kind of goes down low. But you just have to roll with it. When I get to look back at whatever goofy little legacy and I make all these jokes about being, you know, some you know, some goddamn, you know, pimple on the ass of graphic design, I'm just not concerned with trying to like root myself into the middle of it or whatever, because I know I got a little part in that thing, but that was never supposed to happen. And the fact that it did, it's all icing on the cake. If it didn't happen, I still would have made my money and I still would have got ahead and I still would have just busted through it because I didn't have any choice. So when I look back at that, whatever gradation of that and say, damn, on my little equalizer, it was pretty high. I got to know Evan Rose's and Larry Nunez's and these creatures along the way. That wasn't the weirdo that you w- don't want to be around all summer long. I experienced some of that shit, you know. I'm just so thankful for that, you know. So be it the van, be it the shop in the backyard, be it this privilege of people pointing mics at me and shit and cameras and stuff, which is always so weird, you know. Like, that didn't have to happen. I still would have had a really the, – the, all they would have all been pretty high, so, you know, this just becomes, you know, I don't know. It's like another big addition to the stereo of, like, I don't even know what this thing does. I'm just trying to enjoy it mm-hmm. and be good about it and share it, you <laughs> I know? Like yeah. I don't know what this thing does. But yeah. Well, well right. see, you have to understand, people do. Yeah, and then you run do. into this yeah. thing where guys are like, why don't you have a YouTube? You know what you're losing? I don't give a fuck, man. Yeah. I got enough. How much, how big of a bike do you need to take off? You know what yeah. I mean? At what yeah, point are much, you just... When is
1: enough enough, uh, you know? Well,
3: see, that's you know, that's America for me too. Yeah. That's America for me too, because for every, you know, I don't know. For everyone I saw who went big, I loved to see people stay small and just, and just do it Mm -hmm. and stay small and stay humble. And sometimes have a harder go. But sometimes the bigger it went too – I mean, it happened in snowboarding too when I was a kid, you know. This thing is going big. They're the next big thing. Every time that Nike threw money at snowboarding and it was like, come up and own the whole fucking thing and then go away because that's the power of some little shitty thing. You know, I don't know, dingleberry snowboards – Still selling a couple that's
1: here. Good today. name. That's a good Dingleberry. Name. Yeah, I'm, I'm on their. I'm
3: on their. I'm. I'm on their uh, in their team next year. But
1: uh <laughs> the board of directors. Yeah, Nike um, would leave us crippled after they took all the money back out. Well, leave friends unsponsored and
3: now that's a a horrible thing to say about Nike in Portland, Oregon. But here's the deal: when I saw them come and give to the community in skateboarding, own the whole world in skateboarding. I know they make. I got to do the Janoski shoe. That thing's been on everything, everything all over the world. Jocks down in Key West were wearing those fucking shoes. You know, Chad looking dudes. Where it's like, pfft, we're not going to hang with those guys. But they were wearing those, so that's that goes pretty deep. But I will say, to see those guys build skate parks, do things, they fucking better be because they're making the money. You know, and I, that that got my vote of like, all right, I it. it's cool. They're not just rolling in and trying to own it. Private park you know, private sessions, private things. I remember a name that you know, I remember Mike Michael Chuck. Yeah, where it was like oh, this is the next thing. He's good, and he's on Nike. I remember reading about this and looking at the things, and it went away. Mm -hmm. Good ACG. Mm -hmm. But did did it go away because of his ability? Did it go away because of a paycheck? Well, who knows the answer? But those things are always too good to be true or something. And I guess at
1: least they put the money in while they did, you know?
3: Yeah, you know, I mean, I I get it. By the way, you can always make a better snowboard boot, sure. You know, Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Another question I have, because we're, we've been going for a minute here. We're probably going to start to have to wrap this thing All up, right. put a bow on it. But I just got to ask something because I, I like talking about inspiration, right? Because I think there's this kind of woo-woo, like, oh, I'm just like looking for inspiration or like it, inspiration just hits me. But like, I, I kind of come from the, the thought of like, you kind of got to hunt it down a little bit. And, oh, yeah. and, and I know that you are pretty, uh, ferocious. I don't know if that's the right word in, in hunting down inspiration, um, do you want to talk about the process of looking for inspiration and actually actively seeking it out?
3: Sure. Um, Here, here comes another hour tacked on the thing. Like, (laughs) well, I I think it under four hours. I I, I think, I think the thing to, uh, to kind of, you know, go after here is, you know, I watched my dad do it before the internet and you would go find it in antique malls and, Um, backyards at a garage sale, and it's kind of crusty. Now, if you go higher than that and go to a museum, you find inspiration there, and it could be from, you know, Middle Ages or something from, you know, 2,000 years ago before, you know, whatever. And it's the idea of just seeking it out. You find it in a book, a library. Um, I remember in high school, I had this, you know, this, you go to the lunchroom for your lunch hour, but I I would go to the library and just spend my 45 minutes there, you know? It's like, I would wolf down the sandwich. Why just sit and bullshit? My friends don't even do it, they go skate. They go skip school. I can't really do that, you know? I'd go to the library. I started on one end and just worked my way through, you know, over the course of a year. We had this big, awesome library. No one would even be in there, you know? And I just sit there, you have more room to sit and everything else. So I was curious. So here's the thing. I watched my dad do that, It, it landed in me, you know? I watched my mom with her records and things and have a love for music, you know? I love to find new music that, you know, I got that from her. I have a pretty big appetite for rock and roll and we'll just say a big record collection. But with the internet, now that everything is just a click away, it's weird how it aggregates into, into the same old bunch of sameness. And that's why, you know, these TikToks and stuff as a cultural sort of like study, like, isn't it funny that we all saw the same little funny video? But if you learn how to go and look, you can find some weird shit in that same platform. But if if you just kick back and let it be delivered to you, maybe there's something behind it. It's a it's a drink, it's a clothing, it's a Kanye, it's a whatever the fuck, who knows, you know, it's some whatever. But it's fed to you. And that always freaked me out because I come from skateboarding and snowboarding and punk rockery, and like just for the thousandth fucking time, punk rock. I'm not talking spikes. I'm not talking mohawks. I'm not talking insufferable Southern California fucking na 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 fucking bands. I'm fucking no. It's thinking for yourself. It's Fugazi. Okay, that's it. Whatever Fugazi means to you guys listening or whatever, it's fucking Fugazi. They did it their own way their own deal, and you got to go see them for six bucks. That's punk rock. It's not, you know, oi, oi, whatever the fucking horse shit, okay? It's not the fucking Offspring. Ugh, insufferable. (laughs) They're probably a sponsor of this thing today, too. Um, I apologize to the (laughs) Offspring, and, you know, I'm sorry that middle age has been so rough on you guys, but anyway, just keep rocking. Uh, uh, (laughs) There it is. But the idea is, you know, if you're really to boil it down, you have to know how to go look. Now, in graphic design, you can't just look at the aggregated shit. You'll just get the same old, same. If you know how to look, and that might, I know we can't leave homes in the house right now, but if you just go to an estate sale, you're gonna see some stuff. You're gonna get weird. If you go to a library, you're gonna see some things that you didn't see. You gotta reach out. You can't just see it on the screen of your phone sometimes. You can see a lot. So when kids ask me, we are locked down, how do I get, Away from this phone in a pandemic, it's like go on eBay. Go on eBay. Get weird. You can't control what's gonna go on there. You got some old timer trying to sell something creepy, and then some <laughs> some some young timer trying to sell something hot and hip scams or whatever. You can just see a lot of weird shit. So I go junking virtually, looking at like even Etsy. You got some, you know, some character who found some creepy thing at a state sale, and they're trying to resell it. They have to polish it all up. You know, no one ever thinks of it that way. It's like, it's not just a buy. You're there just to take screen grabs and file it away in my junk so I can go look at other thick lines or funny vintage t-shirts or whatever. So it's knowing how to look beyond the easy, you know, which is this aggregated sameness, you know, clicks, licks, likes, links, all that kind of shit. You can get weird out there, you know? So I, I'm, I'm I'm very perplexed by, by my Instagram because... I've just clicked on enough fucking James Hetfields from Metallica to just, my shit is filled with James Hetfield. How much more Metallica can you take? You know, I like the first five, four records. You know, that's all I can stomach. But I don't need to keep rehashing that, you know? But, you know, here's the thing. Those are those are easy things to click on, you know? Why do I get stuff with lots of boobs and ass and stuff? Because you click on that, out of and then it turns into your thing. So it's like, I'll stop. <laughs> the algorithm, yeah. Well, I'll just stop and be like, I got to go look at some art for a couple of days. Because I, I clicked on some, like, pop culture dance bullshit. And now it's down this thing where these, like, you know, the girls are showing their ass. I mean, whatever. It's just kind of, like, just chumpy, you know? Ugh, yawn. That's not anything new, you know? So it's just, you know, you have to learn how to learn. You have to learn how to find. You have to learn how you have to remind yourself that you got to get away from that stuff. So, I don't know. You know, being out here to drive across America, I've just, I've already seen things that could have been sitting there for 20 years or two days that surprised me. Could have been just because it was broken. Could have been because it's weathered. Could have been because it's brand new and they're trying something new. That was still interesting. And I did not see that sitting on my ass back in Portland, hiding, you know, whatever, you know, locked down. So, uh yeah. It's a. I know it's a long answer.
0: It's a great answer. But you know, yeah, it's just,
3: you know, shit. It's out there.
0: It's and out there. Now, another thing I want to ask you too, and this is my own personal take. I've come come to realize that so much inspiration comes from banter. Like from sitting there like we'll be sitting in this our lobby, drinking coffee, mm. people sitting around talking. Not in, not a formal meeting or anything, just water cooler, whatever you want to call it. I'll be at my you know with my friends. Like when I'm sitting around with people like Eastone, our friend Greg, like there's these people all of a sudden. And and I I would say you're looking, you're talking about visual inspiration. I I guess maybe this is also idea inspiration too, but they're, they're kind of all under the same umbrella, but I feel like so much inspiration just comes from, from banter for me. Like just talking,
3: talking to the squad. Yeah. Well, I, I, one of the things we, I I, I would do at my last, uh, my last studio. So I, I work in my backyard now. Right. So to me, Back there 97% of the time, Lee comes back there for a couple hours a day to do the merch. Um, Sometimes eight hours, sometimes an hour, you know, I'm back there all the time. Uh, When I was in the shop with my two older brothers, you know, Goo and Dave, you know, here's the deal. When you have a project and you're looking at it to try to, is it good or is it bad? You know, it's a little bit of feedback or something. Six eyeballs are better than my two. Mm -hmm. So you just, you know, you understand that like there's a dialogue there and there's like a, a sense of like, holy shit. I have been quite literally at the, at the 12 inch mark, but Dave at the 12 foot mark saw something he didn't see because it's just his vantage, you know, sort of viewpoint changed. Now let's say goo. My other partner is 12,000 feet up looking at it from just a different perspective. And there's something to be had for each one of those. And it's like, I was just like right up against the thing, you know, like I always am. So there's, you know, there's little tricks I can do, you know, this is just visual stuff. There's little tricks I can do where it's like stand up and walk 20 feet away from your, your design and see how does it still look. You can also just do this, zoom in, zoom out. Now that said, same sort of shit can apply to a way to come up with a new way to do your podcast. Sit with a bunch of buddies, what works, what doesn't work. Fuck, that's funny. Write it down in your field notes, right? Because um, it'll come out of that when mm-hmm. you're comfortable, when you're loose. You know, we used to start the magazines, and we just kind of sit around and talk about it, and we'd have these big Big battles about covers because, of course, you know, Stone wants a cover and someone's going you know, to, whoever's got the, th- you know, we're battling the angles, we're battling politics, we're battling all sorts of shit. And we have these big debates and it was really great because, you know, we could kind of get the spirit of the mag banged out. That's no different than sketching in the field notes. That's just no different. We're just, we're building the architecture to go off and just produce now. Yeah, yeah. And it, it came out of sitting around and dicking around at Larry's house And Larry, of course, had a white couch. Like who the fuck has a white couch? But Larry, you know, in the Scarfaceian sort of attempt to you know to trick out this place, had a white couch and display myself all over that. But Larry had a pool table, and we'd all go over there and and maybe get like some like fried chicken or something, and I'll hang out either after the mag and talk about the next one. And you're like tricking yourself. You still gotta work because I remember we'd go to these things for Nixon watches. You gotta fly down to Encinitas. And you got to sit in the beach and, you know, one guy's got a clipboard and he's going through all the points. And it was like pulling fucking teeth. Man, you're talking about watches. It should be the funnest thing in the world, you know. But I get it. They're going through all their initiatives and people, some people are just nodding <laughs> off and shit. You know, they're, like they're just there, you know, you, leave, you get out of the office and it's like they're in this big comfy couch and you're on the beach and all this. And I just always would wonder, like, is there just a way to do this that doesn't feel so forced That's like anything. I don't want to force myself to have to try to come up with something fun for design. I don't want to have to force myself to spitball new fun ideas. So how do you teach yourself, remind yourself how to learn how to learn, stop yourself and go, I'm going to remind myself that we can just stop, put the computer away, sit down, get a coffee, and just bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do. Got to get people in here. They got, you know, or get on a Zoom chat, you know, whatever. So (laughs) More eyeballs is always better. New perspectives, yep. you know.
0: Well, damn, we've been doing it for a while. Before we wrap this thing up, do you want to throw any thank yous out? Oh man,
3: I can start at the top. Well, I'd just like to thank my mom, you know, um, all my little sisters, and my little moonbeam Lee, you know, for being so patient with me, and uh, 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 you know. Uh, watching every little thing. By the way, there's no control out here on the road. You know, last night I went to In-N-Out, and I it's like my first time eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> That's what it looked like in that van, like you know, like a fucking dog, you know, like a dog <laughs> destroyed. Like, first time eating a meal, just like looking around, and shit was like that. And you know, I'm fucking 47 years old, but you know, her being concerned, like, hey, you know, just just chill tonight. We're having something green and having a piece of chicken or whatever. I really appreciate that sort of roadmap. Um, but you know, of course, uh, I have to thank snowboardy kind of stuff. You know, Union and Cole for giving me a lot of years of life, an opportunity to build. You know, and 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 also uh, space. Because that whole time, I wasn't just two time, and I was seven time. I was doing all sorts of shit. You know, obviously Mark Sullivan and, and Bridges and Baker and Chief and and uh, and all these characters that we got to know from the magazines. You know, those are brothers they introduced me to Evan Rose. You know, these are friends, whether or not snowboarding that we connected on, those are friends forever. And, you know, they open open a lot of doors because, you know, once I got done with the magazines, I got a lot of work from just the snowboard industry after that of, like, everything from, like, hey, just reformat this ad for us because our kid's out for a couple days. Like, that was all good work, you know? Um, So, you know, I don't know. As I go down the line, it's like, I, you know, I just want to thank the fucking universe, you know, for carving out a little path for me. It wasn't always... Right, but um, or or easy or any of that kind of stuff. But I'm 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 I'll be thankful all the way across Wyoming tonight. You know, I'm, I all you know because you get to drive across the whole you know expanse and think about the history and think about the weirdness and mining and all this other shit that's going on across you know very desolate southern Wyoming. You know, there's not much going on out there, and just the ability to get from from when I leave this thing to get five hundred, <clears throat> the ability to get to the ability to leave this thing and go 500 miles in a direction tonight. You do that across Europe, you're at the bottom of it, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a weird, you know, uh, America is a weird thing. You can see all kinds of different people in those 500 miles, and I just, um, uh, you know, so I don't know. You know, you know, I, I, I thank the immediate folks around me, my little nephew Oliver for being such an inspiration, you know, for us, all of us. But, um, yeah, on a larger level, it's just – the ability to get away with this stuff. I don't know what that means. I don't know if I manifested that. Some parts I did. But I know there's luck involved in things, and hopefully, you know, so far so good. You know, we have a new website coming that's coming that should be able to slow me down in some respects because the goal here is that little tiny pinky of the stuff that's the most volatile, client work. I have nine other fingers to deal with. I don't even need to do that shit anymore, but that's not the way it goes. They dangle it, and I'm all over it. Because mm-hmm. we're trained that way, so um, you know, I say so even have to thank that for people who trust me with their stuff. Be it a shitty little band for a couple hundred bucks, or a shitty big band, or like a couple more zeros, you know, shit happens. So, and just shit, thanks for making room for me on this. I think we got all the names covered here. Oh yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Who didn't we talk about? Let me let me go down the line here. Let me let me let me pull out a deep cut here. You know, did I did I talk about Jared Eberhardt? I think I did. He's I think a, you his mentioned him. He up. is a fucking champion of the, of the of the of the world. Maybe we talk about Ranch Records. One time I came through, I was a kid, and 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 there was a one of many sales I come to find out at Ranch Records. They're always kind of going out of business or something. But I got in there thinking, this son of bitch is done. He's pulling the plug. It was ninety-five. And I bought about 30 tapes, 30 tapes. I brought Jawbreaker. I bought uh, a bunch of stuff. Well, turns out all these years later, those are all worth like 50 bucks and 40 bucks and 30 bucks a piece. They're just my tapes. And it was they, they have the little markdown thing that say a buck. Nice. Right. <laughs> you know? Is that still a thing in town? Because I know it's. Oh, it's, yeah. yeah. It's still going. Yeah. Okay. Because yep. you were, skate shop. Well, some years I would come through here and it would be gone, mm-hmm. you know? And then other years, when I came here the first time um, as a kid uh, in 1990 on our way to California, I was with my parents. So it's not really like I had already, you know, my going west for us really started at 93 when I was 19. But I came through and I went to Milo. I went to Milo just to look at all the snowboard stuff. But the, I was more into skateboarding. I was, you know, I was, they were all kind of shred stuff. And it was all the latest cool shit. It was in August. So they were gearing up. But I was saving my money because I was going to Skates on Hate to get all the shit I needed. I knew right down to the damn sticker what I wanted. And I got to tell you, when you get to Skates on Hate, right there on Hate, Ashbury, you know, right there, it's just this door and this shitty little... I built it up so big in my head that this is the mecca of skateboarding out of Thrasher Magazine. It was a dude behind a counter with a little shitty warehouse behind him. He couldn't find half the stuff. 'Cause yeah. it's just a dude digging it out of boxes. You know, it was up like, about maybe a one and a half size your merch room. Seriously, skates on hate. They had these big ads, remember, in the yeah. game, okay. I had this fucking laundry list. I had saved all my money. I want <laughs> two of these decks, two sets of indie, whatever. I was just gonna load up. Got maybe a third of it. Couldn't even get it. That night we drove out of town. My parents, we went north we went uh to sessions. Sessions in what is it, Sacramento? Yeah. And I got all the shit there, so anyway, they had everything. I, you know, when I got to meet Joel Gomez, I remember telling him that story, and he was just like, "Wow, people are asking him for sponsorships. Hey, sponsor me, sponsor, come and deal with one of our band. You know, like one of your bands, come whatever. I don't asking yeah. him for shit. Asking. Him. I just was like, I had your t-shirts, man. Thank you. You guys could all you could always get t-shirts from sessions, anything you wanted. You know. So, all right, what? Let's just be done. <laughs> <laughs> no more. Release me from this bondage of, of content.
0: I'll tell you what, Draple, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Chop th-
3: it up into something nice.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we'll, we will. we razor blade tool that thing. Get it, get thing. it down get to it 15 dialed. minutes. Just 15.
3: <laughs>
0: Thank you guys so much for listening, uh, tuning in each and every week. we got another episode coming for you guys next Wednesday. We are over and out from the bomb hole.
1: Thank you so much for listening to our episode this week. But before we get out of here, Chris,
0: what do we got? Well, we just want to let you guys know to write a review on Apple Podcasts. Hit the five stars. Say whatever you want. We don't care. Just write a review. That helps us out a ton. And then our usual stuff. Check out our Patreon. You can find the link at bombhole.com. You can also find all of our store and all of our merch items available at bombhole.com. And mainly and most importantly... Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you and we'll see you next week.